the devil in a black cloak Street gospel, light of the temple Sword swing, kill a lie from the ghetto The hood messenger, let him know hell's close Black burial, the devil in a black cloak Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. And this is episode number... Yo, Cam, what episode is this? Episode 42. 42. If you caught last episode, it was with Rachel Guterres Lindbergh. Great episode of Overcoming. Um, super stoked on that one. A lot of feedback on that one. Um, matter of fact, lady at work today hit me up and was like, hey, I heard that episode. I was like, what? I didn't even know she followed the the podcast but uh definitely a good episode so make sure you check that out please subscribe that's the biggest thing so whatever platform you're watching us on spotify apple podcast google podcast youtube whatever it may be make sure you go out and subscribe uh and then share it if you hear a good podcast you like the stories share with somebody you may know now we got to get down to the business but before we get down to that i have a quick quick couple sponsors i mean Sponsors are blowing up left and right, man. Just They're just popping up everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. We got two sponsors that I love dearly, man. Because why? Because they were my first two sponsors, and they're great. Dear to my heart. First sponsor I want to uh, talk about today is Hope and Promises. Uh, this is an organization started by my brother-in-law, attorney at law, Art Pena. So he wanted to start something along with my sister uh, and their church, uh, just to get out some basic necessities to the homeless, uh, help people with medical needs, uh, not only here in the United States and surrounding areas, but also um, in other countries. So they're trying to expand. If you can check them out, if you can support them, they're on the gram at Hope and Promises. Uh, They have their own website, www.hopeandpromises.com. They're doing big things, uh, all for the love uh, definitely for the streets. Uh, check them out. Second sponsor is my church, Elevate Ministries. They're located in Orange, California. This is a family-oriented church. Uh, great preaching, great worshiping. Uh, they could do a lot of cool stuff for the youth. Um, great uh, child care. Uh, check us out. Uh, go and uh, look them up on the gram at Elevate Ministries, or you can check them out at www.elevateministries.com. All right, so now we got that out of the way. You know you always have to play music when we start the show, so uh, I got a little little banger right here, you know. I wasn't too sure what type of music my guests liked. Um, Maybe I should listen to a show a little bit more and maybe get a feel for that, but I thought this was, you know, a little... uh, lo-fi hip-hop i mean pretty much everybody likes lo-fi but this guy right here he's a husband uh he's socal native he's a political consultant i mean we're gonna get a little bit more into that he's the host of his own show on the daily caller uh you gotta check that out uh he's blowing up on the gram i mean he's 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 getting up there a few thousand i mean it's just a little bit more than a few thousand (laughs) He's part of Turning Point USA. He's a contributor to that. Uh, We'll we'll get a little bit into that and and why that's important. I just found out today that he's a comedian. I should have known that. I mean, he's sarcastic. He's funny. That's what caught my eye with him. That's why I wanted to have him. Uh, Found out recently he's a musician. Uh, We'll we'll get a little bit into that. Him and his wife play some music. I, I, I dug it. 
Uh, but I want to welcome to the show today. You're going to laugh. We'll, we'll get into his name a little bit. Give it up for Joe Bob. What's up, man? Do you do you think other people... Right now, I have like a faster beating heart because I, 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 I'm not that cool. All of the things that you just said are, are I guess, accurate, but I'm not that cool. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about that is I've probably... How many episodes have you had? Maybe like in 42 episodes, I've had at least... 15 people say that like you make me sound way cooler than <laughs> and i think it's because the music uh i think it's the way we put it together but uh i, I mean the, the the podcast only has cool people on it that's that's the bottom line dude i'm not that cool man i've been suffering from imposter syndrome I've been, uh, do you know what that is have you heard of that imposter syndrome you, uh, go ahead like down like like uh big stuff is happening to you and you're like well, this is not like i am not worthy of all of this stuff happening wow uh, or at least uh, that's how it's been explained to me i could be entirely off base on that but that is a very real thing that uh, uh i'm feeling constantly <laughs> I, I mean i've seen you you're, you're traveling you're on a show you're recording the other day you're with like Candace Owens, the next day you're in Arizona. You're, you're so all over that the place. was one of those things. Like the the Candace Owens show. So Candace Owens does her show on Daily Wire, and I was lucky enough to get a call from them. Uh, and you know they they fly you out, uh, treat you like royalty, and I'm really? sitting there, you know, being driven around with a guy with in a guy by a guy in a suit in a limo. And I'm like, what? Why? Like I, I like I'll take the bus. Like I don't I don't need any of this. I'm glad they do it and that, that you know they're you know top class over there. But right, I just yeah I don't know. I, I I'm like not. I used think that's to... I think that's dope though. I mean you you're still. It, I think the problem is going to be when you get to the point where. You're expecting that. I, no, so, I'll, that'll never happen. Okay. I, I've told too many people at this point okay. in, in hopes to stem that off like <laughs> later on. I'll never be above staying in a Motel 6 okay. or like driving a 2004 Honda Accord. Like that's not like <laughs> I, I'm all I will always be like that. I hope. Why? Hold me to, hold me to it. Why, why do you think you're always – why I, do you always want to be I know like, people that are not. Yeah. And I know people that – and no, I'm not throwing it, shade at anybody, but that, you know, there are people out there that – expect a certain level of gravitas when they enter a room and that's i, I don't i don't want to be that I, I think that's a good thing i think uh staying humble staying grounded uh and and just i think it, it gives you an opportunity for the experience right when you like to really enjoy the experience it's when you're expecting oh, we're, it's going to be like this going to be like that when you're grounded you don't really expect all that stuff and then you get it you're like this is cool. Like they they <laughs> they have this uh, show catered. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. This guy is uh, is picking me up in this limo. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's essentially it's not what every it is. day, right? No, it's almost zero days. <laughs> it's like one day for me. And and you kind of blew up. Okay, for, let me ask you this: the name, the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so so okay, break down the name for me, <laughs> Joe one, Bob. One grandparent was Joe. The other one was Bob. Okay. Uh, my parents yoloed and decided to make high school miserable. <laughs> kind of no uh that's the joke uh but yeah so there was a an argument and a disagreement of which one they should name me after and so they decided on both and oh, so that's wow. how you get joe bob that's how you get a brown guy with the uh, mississippi alabama backwoods name it's funny joe depending bob. on where i go in the country uh there's, a, there's either a double take of what is your name or there's yeah that's totally that's normal I, I have a brother named jim bob <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad I was a name. I, well, my middle name is my grandfather's. One of my grandfather's name, Ralph. Mm -hmm. 
my mom's dad was Albert, so uh, Ralph Albert. I don't think it would have went really good <laughs> as Joe Bob Ralph Bert. And I and I, Ralph Bert Ralbert Ralbert. Yeah, Ralbert. I don't know. Just go, dude. <laughs> but you blew up. Uh, what I understand, like over the pandemic, is that true? So, so as far as I mean, you were already working in the political area, but in yeah, the background, right? Yeah. So, so I I've been uh, working in politics for a minute, like ten years almost, um, running campaigns, doing different things. Um, probably most notably, and I don't know how much people pay attention to like local politics, especially given that your audience is everywhere. Um, but a big campaign in two thousand. 18 was a guy named Travis Allen that we ran against um, Gavin Newsom uh, in California. Uh, And then... He's probably come the closest, right? um, We didn't get through the primary. There's a guy that had more money than us, so he got through the primary. Um, Because I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Travis is huge. No, Travis is a... Like, he's a big figure in California politics. Right. Um, uh, And did pretty well relative to, you know... The, the money that we had to, to spend. Obviously, more money you have in politics, the, the more the better you're going to do. Fortunately. Yeah, that's that's its own issue. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, let's see, probably about a year ago. Yeah, actually, pretty close to a year ago now. Um, sat on the kitchen floor with my wife and made a decision. All right, we're going to go in front of the camera now and try and... Uh, I've been in politics a long time, right? Uh, met a lot of people seen a lot of interesting things in this political world. And the thing that I don't see, especially on the the small government side that I tend to advocate for, is a lot of levity. Everybody's serious all the time. Everybody's yeah. mad. And, and justifiably so. Like, people have the right and understandably why they're upset about things. Right. Uh, but there's a certain amount of anger that you can take before you, you kind of start tuning people out. Yeah. And so... I think that's what attracted me to you. There was there was a a bringing a light and a, and a funny light to to some serious situations. I think you know I was getting. I think it was just getting tired of hearing the doom and gloom of the of the regulars that we see every every day, right? And and I get it. It, it is a lot of doom and gloom, but there was something about how you brought it across that made it a little funny. That that really like if you were if you were not conservative or, or, or whatever you want to call yourself if you weren't that you can kind of laugh at it if you really looked at it yeah, right i appreciate that and cool. that's 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 the angle that i'm going for because i and, and it's not necessarily there's nothing wrong with any of those guys like i know a lot of those guys that are that are you know very serious all the time yeah there's nothing wrong with that message um what i tend to believe is there's a big other audience out there that isn't necessarily following along to politics and wouldn't but if they can be brought in from an entertaining set angle, right. then they would. And there's a market for all of the stuff that's already there. And I think there's just a big sector of humanity, especially in the United States, that is just kind of not really even one foot in, one foot out. They're just kind of not paying attention. Yeah. And I think the way that we get those people in to being engaged uh, is bring them in with some humor and laughs and try and make it funny. Now, there's, there's crazy serious things going on. Yeah. And I don't shy away from that stuff at all. Like, we talk about the serious stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, the people that are barely barely paying attention are doing just that. And if you're going to continue hammering with the doom and gloom stuff, you know, they're not going to be paying attention for long. It's it's so crazy that you say that. I, I was, you know, yesterday, um, a guy I know, 
Mm-hmm. I posted like four slides of 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 the supposedly don't say gay bill, right? So this yeah, is yeah. kind of going along with what you're saying yeah. here. Um, he was he was reposting and he was saying, "Oh, these this bill got trolled by these teachers." Da 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 da. And when I asked him, I said, "Did you read the bill? Yeah. Did you did do you, do you know what it's talking about? It, it doesn't say anything about mm-hmm. gay or anything like that." Mm-hmm. He didn't actually read it. But he posted four slides about it, yeah. and he's laughing about it, and, and, and it almost seems like he knew what he was talking about. When I asked him, mm-hmm. hey, you really be- think this is a good idea? And then he went back and he read it. He, he, he hit me up 30 minutes later. He goes, I just read it. And he goes, I'm going to have to change some of those slides. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the majority of America. Right. And, and, and honestly, I don't really blame them for it. And, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but emotionally, I think I've been desensitized to the different political tricks that people try and pull, right? I've been ingrained enough into the political back-end consultant world to where that stuff doesn't really make me angry. Like, when I heard the don't say gay bill, which is what they've affectionately called it, uh, in my head I'm like, "There's that, that's not even close to accurate. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's reaction to that is like being mad about it my reaction is like that's wrong but interesting play like this is this is a giant chess move yeah. and i see what you're doing how can i counteract it in a way that isn't just mad yes right because i feel like that's the tendency people bring their emotions into it and again i don't blame anybody for doing that i've just been doing this long enough to understand spin and try and decipher that spin as opposed to just immediately get angry and say all those people are dumb right because they're not right right it's a, it's a game yeah yeah it's what they're being fed they, they don't yeah. they don't 100 understand I, I i'm always surprised when you kind of it, it's very hard to get somebody that's going to listen to both sides and and mm-hmm. and i'm guilty of of making a hard stance on something and i don't want to hear what you have to say <laughs> I, I i've done that before yeah i've learned okay i can hear you out mm-hmm. and i want you to hear me out and we can agree to disagree, you know, shake hands and walk away. I just think sometimes I hear people say things and it's just not that. I mean, yeah. we can talk for totally. everything, especially uh, Second Amendment. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, you, you can't just go and buy a gun today <laughs> with yeah. no ID. Like, do you know that? Well, they said. Yeah. No, said you, you, you can't. Yeah. Like, it's just false information or spin we kind of saw that with the the shooting in Sacramento the other day. Everybody yeah, yeah, jumped yeah. on the bandwagon until we fought, got the f- the facts. Right? Yeah. We need the facts. Yeah, I, it's uh, I, there. My mind is going in seven different directions <laughs> at one time right now. I, it, it's an interesting culture, and it, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how it plays out because I, at at the onset of the internet, and don't worry, I'll make my way back eventually. But at the onset of the internet. The optimists out there are like, we're never going to have bad information again. Like, everybody's going to have correct information instantaneously. Right. That's the best part about this whole thing called the internet. <laughs> they were very, very wrong. Right. And so now the problem is not necessarily getting information to people, but getting information to people that is, one, as accurate as you can make it, and two, digestible, because there's so much out there. And... and in terms of getting people to, let's just say I have a, a, an objective, right? And that objective is to get people to my side of the aisle, 
or my side of an argument or whatever it is. It does me no good to block out the other effective sides of that argument, right? right? The, the, the people that have differing opinions and make good arguments for those differing opinions, Agreed. it doesn't make any sense for me to block that out. Right. Like you take it in, figure out, one, do they have a point? Because maybe they do. And two, if they don't have a point, how are you going to refute it? Because yeah. that's that's the position that I think a lot of people are in, and they just kind of shut out everything that they don't like. And while that can be satisfying in a way, it's not beneficial. Right. To, like you, you have to. That's got to be like a Sun Tzu quote: of "Know your enemy" or something y- like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Art of war. Like yeah. that's not that this is a well. I'm not even going to go there. And but say, but yeah. you want to understand their point of view because it makes your mm-hmm. argument better. How how yeah, how, how are you totally. going to? How are you going to know really uh, how to fight back, in, in a, not in a literal sense, but how to fight back if you don't know what they believe in? Yeah. You know, and, and then, like you said, there's some times when I've gotten a great point. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, I have had a friend on here, and we've talked about a lot of things. We've, we've talked about prison reform. we talked about different things. And after a while, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's yeah. a good point. I didn't see it that way. But I yeah. understood a lot of things, and I think the lines of communication are just black and white now. Mm-hmm. And there's no more. There's no more gray. There's no more. We used to have maybe somebody that was just left of center or mm-hmm. just right of center, and they would blend some things. Now it's like far left, far right. I, whoa, I, I, I think most of America is still within that still do. 80% okay. margin. There's the 10% on the fringes, right? But I think most of us are still in that like center area, and I think the reason for that is that most people aren't paying attention, so they're kind of just de facto in that center but everybody that i've talked to like i have friends on i live in california i have friends on all political spectrums i have i was on a podcast with a avowed communist a couple weeks ago and like i don't want to i don't shy away from that conversation because like turns out we agreed on a lot Obviously not the bigger, broader scope. I do agree on that. I do agree that we are, we agree on more, especially now. Most people agree right? on most things. Look, right. look at the polling on pretty much everything. Like like any big hot topic issue, like immigration, 80% of Americans agree on immigration. Yeah. That's not a wedge issue at all. Like it, there's no dividing component in there. True. It's the, the outer edges of people on the side that I tend to agree with that say, no immigration, just cut it all off. And that's a very, very small minority of people. Yeah. And then other people way over here saying, we should just let everybody through. But the majority of us are like, no, we should stop illegal immigration at the border and then figure out how many legal immigrants we want a year. Right. That, that's not a controversial arc opinion. I, I tell people that all the time. I say, I say look, if, if, you know, I work with, I work in construction, a lot of different opinions, yeah. a lot of different things. Totally. I tell guys all the time, you know, Hey Dave, what are, you, you're a Christian, you're a conservative, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't believe in that. So it's cool, mm-hmm. it's cool. But let me ask you a few questions, and I, and I go into my my little my little thing. Do you believe that um, your neighborhood should be safe? Yeah, yeah. You think your kids should be safe at their school? Yeah. Okay, so safety is one thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with it. Do you think the government should have a say in everything you do? Shouldn't we have less government? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about taxes, man? We we get killed <laughs> on taxes, right? And you think we should be taxed this much? Uh-huh. And they go, no, nah, man, this is crazy. You got my bonus the other day; forty percent was gone. You know that's crazy, right? 
Yeah. Do you, do you want to just be left alone and, and just get your paycheck and, and, and nobody bother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think people should be able to worship their God? Whatever God. It doesn't have to be Jesus. Any God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, bro, we're, we're more alike than you think. Yeah. You want safety? I want safety. It, how does that play out? Well, maybe more police. Maybe believe in protecting yourself with with, with a gun, yeah. legally, yeah. whatever it may be. But that's all the same thing. So we pull it all together, uh-huh. and it's like, and the guy's scratching his head. I go, so you're a conservative, kind of like me, dude. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I go, it's just in name only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in your beliefs, you want those things. So it's interesting. I, I run into this problem a lot, uh, just given the medium that I'm working in now. Uh, a lot of labels get thrown around, like, you're a conservative or you're a liberal or you're a neocon or you're a libertarian. I'm not a big fan of labels. I think labels are for soup cans because I think, again, like most of America is a little bit of a bunch of different things. Like on like social issues, I I just don't have a strong – I just don't care. Like what have traditionally been long-held conservative beliefs socially, um, it's not that I don't – want to make an impact culturally i just we have bigger fish to fry like sure. the debt is way more important <laughs> i think than you know name your social issue right um but one of the problems with the labels that people get pigeonholed like your friend would say like probably or, or correct me if i'm wrong would be like dude you're a republican and you don't know it or you're a this and you don't even know it yeah and the fact that there's a label is what turns people off so I, i'm not a Big fan of like I, I, labels. Okay, that's what I was going to ask yeah, yeah. you. So, so, so we should say maybe right and wrong. Is that how we should call this? I don't even because uh, then you then you force people into wait. You think I'm wrong? One side or the other? Yeah, okay. and, and it's 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 again it's more of a like my my thing when people ask me like where do you stand? Polit- are you a conservative or are you a liberal? My one sentence answer is. I think the government is not good at doing things and therefore should do less things. And that kind of covers all the bases. Like That's true. And and nobody that I've talked to so far, right, left, center, really disagrees with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, the government's pretty bad at things. Like, you ever tried to go to the DMV? Yeah. Uh, what's the VA look like? All of these things that people can people point to stuff. is like, no, the government's bad at things. Okay. And so because we've concluded the government is not good at things, I think they should do less things. Would that make sense? Like, if you were a bad cook, do you think people are going to want you to cook more or less? <laughs> like, yeah, if you're not good at it, right. stop doing stuff. And so rather than answering the question of like, oh, I'm a, I'm definitely a conservative, which, you know, I'll be open with it. The overwhelming majority of my beliefs align with the conservative movement, whatever right. that is. But I try as hard as I can to not label things because it turns people off. That's what I was going to say right now. I think you're right. I think you're ex- absolutely right. Because they, they have a misconception mm-hmm. or they have a... It's kind of like church, right? If you have a bad experience totally. at church yeah. and then you invite somebody to church, and you're like, come to my church. And mm-hmm. your church can be the greatest church. Mm-hmm. But because they had a bad experience somewhere else, that's the that's the label they give to every church. Well, and think about it too. Like, Think about how that person's idea would be different if you said, hey, we're going to go to a concert and then a TED Talk. They'd yeah. be like... Oh, yeah, I'll come. Right. Okay, well, it's called church. <laughs> now they're like, nah, I'm out. You know what I mean? So it's like right. it's the same type of thing. Like labels, people people get stuck with these labels, which they don't really understand fully. 
but impact the way that they look at things. And so my kind of thing is like, let's, we're not really changing any of the beliefs or any of the ideologies. We're just not labeling it because in the grand scheme of things, I think, and I believe that the majority of people fall in line with what I think and what the majority of us think. It's the labels that like kill people. It's a great point. It's a great point. Now, you seem young. Yeah. I'm a little not that young. Okay. I'm a little 31. 30 Okay, 31. <laughs> gee, I wish I was 31. No wonder why I saw the other day half marathon like no big deal. Oh jeez. I was like this guy 12 miles like yeah, we're just going to run to the beach and then like I don't know, maybe that's, that's, a little while later you're at the beach and I'm like <laughs> and then you're like 12 miles. I'm like wow, freaking miles. I was like, dude. Uh yeah. So I, don't, so I don't know what that was. So, that was a boredom. <laughs> so, so you're you're young. When you sat down with your wife and said, this is what I, I, mm-hmm. I you know, we want to do, I want to do, um, were, were you kind of worried? Because there, there, there is a risk that comes with taking a stand. So, so there's no, uh, there's no my decision in, in, I don't know how other people's marriages work. Like no, there, like there's a, if I'm doing something, it is both of us doing it. No, and if I, she's not on board, like. I don't do it. No, you, you, and, you saw my house when you walked in, right? Oh, yeah. So the, that, that's my wife's thing, dude. The, the house has to be spick and I can't, like, I couldn't have booked you, like, today. If I would have <laughs> ran into you, if I would have ran into, you know, my, my, my favorite fighter, Nick Diaz or somebody, and said, yeah. come to my house, do the podcast, and he would have came, my wife would say, no. Yeah. I have the clean. It's got to look immaculate. So I get it. It looks saying. great. Thanks, but, man. like, you, you even have the vacuum lines, <laughs> yes. like, on the carpet. Oh, here we it's go, dude. She's going to love you for, forever, I, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it looked like a staged house, like somebody you were coming in to take yeah, real realty photography. Just shed a tear. Um, <laughs> but back to your your question of like, yeah, what it, what did that look like? Uh, uh, this is, I have, I have two polar pulling sides to being a public figure. Like I already talked about the the idea of imposter syndrome. I uh, love making content. I was a productions guy before nice. I was doing all this stuff. Uh, I nerd out on all the tech stuff. I like making jokes. I like the news. Obviously, I like politics. But the idea of celebrity and fame, and I'm not saying I'm there, it weirds me out. And so to answer your question of like how, what does that conversation look like, I don't really I'm still not entirely sure I want to be doing what I'm currently doing, but it's going pretty okay. Yeah. So, I yeah. It, it, you blew up pretty fast. I mean, you got out there quick. Uh, you know, we have a mutual friend, Mike, and I was like, Mike, you know this guy? He's like, oh, yeah, dude. It, he, you know, over the pandemic, he just, dude, he just exploded. He's a great guy. And I was just like, man, so when you, when you came and we were talking before the show, I was like tripping out because you were, you were just real chill about everything, like, no big deal. I mean, well, I never, I never, this is a, I've never fanboyed over things. Actually, I lied. I don't, you know who James Lindsay is? No. Uh, he is, uh, I, I'm not going to go into the whole, he, interesting guy to look up. You should okay. check, check him out. He's a, he's on the front lines of combating like critical theory and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, that dude is wicked smart. And he's, like, way smarter than I think I will ever be. So I, like, nerded out, like, meeting him. Uh, other than that, other than that that I can, like, think of, like, people are just people. Like, there's yeah. like there, there are people that are more popular than other people. There are people that are more outspoken. There are people that do different interesting things. But, like, 
people are people. And to me, I'm, I've never been like one to fanboy over any particular person just because they're a person. And so I, I hope that comes across as like, yeah, dude, like this, this is cool. Like we're hanging out and not like this big bombastic, like I'm here. Everyone right. revere me. Um, but I, I think when, I think when we, when we, well, what attracted me to to your page and, and, and your show was, uh, you seem like somebody that I grew up with oh, or cool. somebody I know. So I think that's part of the appeal that you have is like, yeah, this guy uh, reminds me of my neighbor or reminds <laughs> me of this dude I go to church with or reminds me of this guy I played sports with, whatever. I think that's the appeal, and I think it comes – exactly what you're saying comes off. I, yeah, and I, I hope it does. And, again, I, I know people that are above, like, some, like, oh, this is my ground floor. Like, I will never be above riding – like, taking public transportation or, like, I, at least – I will work constantly to never be above that or be, like, prissy – um, and so, I don't know, maybe that's where that comes from. I just don't, you know what it is? <clears throat> it's cause I've worked with a bunch of politicians and I know how they act and I know how they treat the video staff mm. and I know how they treat the See. production people in the campaign office and when the cameras are off and then it's different when the cameras are on. Got it. And I, I like, oh, so you man. have that attitude of almost like the mail room to the boardroom type of, I, I, yeah, I, I, I did a, that job. Yeah. Like I did what. The, like, the, the production crew over at TPUSA, fantastic, by the way. Like, I, that's a bad example because everybody over there is, like, super nice. And they treat very everybody humble. good. Yeah, they treat yeah. everybody good. But, like, you know, I've been on sets where, like, you know, the the nobody goes and says hello to the cameraman. But, like, I was there. Like, I was there 12 months ago. Not like, oh, I did that, you know. 20 years ago like no like i still do that like yeah. I, I i did a photo shoot for a campaign on saturday like this is i'm still doing all that sort of stuff so i don't i don't know i don't ever want to treat people like people different people do different things there's no like, everybody puts their pants on one it. leg at a time type of thing well, was there a risk though did you did you think about is there a risk to yeah. to, to, to to make a stand especially did, now in, in in the woke culture of everything did you feel like if I put my, it's a little easier to be behind the camera. It's a little bit to run a campaign, but to get in the front and really now your face is there and now everybody knows you and now everybody's like searching your gram to see who your wife is, who you know, da, 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 right? Is there a risk to that there, with making a stand? There's a reason why I waited till I was 30 years old to go in front of the camera. I'm terrified. Like I'll buy all of that sort of stuff. Like I, I like. And it's not necessarily me. I just don't want to put people that I love, my wife, my family, right. in a position to where, you know, you know, whatever is happening, uh, which happens in the public eye, which is, I don't know. I yeah. Of, so the answer question is: Is there fear? Yeah, no, there still is. Like constantly. Like, do you say something? And and two, you know, I do a live show. Like it's live to Daily Caller's six million Facebook. People. That's wild. And like it yeah, no, it's it's crazy thinking like, well, if I slip up and accidentally say something that I don't actually mean, but it's all extemporaneous speaking, uh, you could be screwed. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. And I think I've worked to overcome that. Uh especially, you know, the more you do it, the more you're comfortable you are and the more you know lines you know where your line is. Um but yeah, there's some jokes that'll just pop into my head that like <laughs> I have to like self 
process. quality control it <laughs> in real time while talking about something else, trying to think of – and you'll see it too. If you ever watch the Daily Caller show, like I'll sit there and pause and go – yeah, I shouldn't say that. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, no, teenager question. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's still terrifying. I don't know if I don't know if that goes away. Like, yeah, yeah, just I, that is what it is. You you're the same thing, I, right? I, it, the same. I am the it same. It takes thing. some takes some guts to start a podcast and just put what you think out into the world, right? And we don't we don't edit anything. We don't go live, which I probably would be a little bit nervous <laughs> for sure. But you, you know, I've been on my friend's podcast and mm-hmm. and. Great podcast. They helped me, you know, inspired me to get started a little bit. But they were they were a little bit different. They started talking crazy in the beginning, and I was a little yeah. I was sitting there, and they were live. Yeah, and I'm sitting and there, and do? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't agree with this. They started going a little crazy, and I'm like, I told my I was looking at my buddy, like, I'm coming on your podcast. You tell me to come on your podcast to talk about, you know, different races and yeah. and how we commingle. And this guy's talking about like. We, we can fight the police. And I'm like, uh, I started doing the, the Homer Simpson in the bush thing, dude, just backing up. But I want to hear hilarious. You know who Larry Elder is? Yeah. So I've known Larry for a while. Uh, back when we was running a, running a governor's race, there was a rally, and they did a panel of people um, that were talking about, I, I don't know what. Um, and Larry was up there, and uh, my client was up there uh, just talking. And then, one guy did exactly what you're like. He goes off on like into crazy land, and Larry stands up and says, "I have to use the restroom." And then he walked out, got in his car, and left <laughs> <laughs> because he he knew he knew like I don't need to be here. Now when I saw him do that, I yanked my guy off the stage because we can't like yeah. But sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Like yeah. it's it, it's a live show, and it, that, whatever it, happens happens. But yeah, no, I. It's wild. You People know? handle it differently. Larry just left, and it, good move by him. Right, like he doesn't want to be sitting on that stage. Larry, Larry's an old pro. Oh, you he's, know what yeah. I mean? he just, he's, he's like, a, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, and you know, like, I, I asked him about it several like months later. Like, hey, you did this. You, you remember doing this? Like, oh yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, all right. He's like, I just prefer my home bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he's a smart guy. He is. He's, he's I, I uh, he, he had a rally down the street. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. like two. Two three months ago, yeah, and uh, went down yeah. there, met him. It was cool. Yeah. Waited, waited around for me. It was cool, dude. <laughs> I, I, I should have asked him to be on the podcast, but I, I kind of froze up. He's he's bit. busy. He's, yeah, he he's was moving, guy. and I was lucky to get a picture with him. Let me ask you this: What is the main? Now you work with Turning Point USA, mm-hmm. uh, particularly for students. Mm-hmm. What is the main problem with students that you see? This is a big one. Uh, the this 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 answer can go in a in a bunch of different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to to boil it down, I think it really goes to the idea of paying attention. I mean, you can get into all of the indoctrination, if you want to call it that, that up through like the Howard Zinn textbooks. I don't know if you I don't know how like deep you've dug into all that sort of stuff of like teaching kids to, like hate America and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, like that's obviously a big problem. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I genuinely think it is the compassion component that younger people have, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's a reality, and the idea of being able to pay attention to what's going on. There's a, I think it's Churchill, don't quote me on that, um, but a quote that says, if you're not a liberal in your 20s, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative in your 30s, you have no brain, which is pretty, True. pretty. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, like every, like. The second you 
become in your late 20s or your 30s and you start looking at the tax bill and then you start looking at the roads around and then you start looking at the crime in the area that you live in. You start going, okay, so maybe some of the policies seem a little mean because they're not doing everything for everyone, which I wouldn't say is actually mean, but that's how you viewed it up until now. Oh, crap, man. Maybe maybe the government no, isn't true. Santa Claus. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I tell people, especially young people, like, it's cool. You could think that. I don't, fault I, I, people, I don't fault young people for thinking like young people. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to listen to Rage Against the Machine. I, I, was, yeah. I was down with all that. Stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you start having kids, you, you start having to pay a mortgage. You have to start yeah. having to pay some bills. You see... You, you watch your taxes get taken away. You kind of you, you your your thoughts begin to change. You got a little bit yeah. more on your plate now. It's yeah. not just you in mom's basement anymore. It's <laughs> you. Life and has altered your perspective. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's that, there's we can do all we can. And, and Turning Point does a great job at getting kids earlier because obviously you know you can still vote when you're 18, and a lot of people are still in that phase at 18 i know i was uh turning point does a great job at reaching a lot of those students uh but even if they can't just wait till they're 30 like or 35 (laughs) like in most cases people start waking up they change on their own yeah and and then you've got to go into it never mind sorry there's like because then you've got the problem you have then is then if you shrink the tax base right so like if what is it 50% 50% of people, I think in 2020, like 60% of Americans didn't pay taxes at all, like federal income tax That's at crazy. all. And so when you have a population that doesn't pay taxes, why would they care? Right. And so that's that's where you have those problems going in because people that would want more government know that the older people get, the more they care about what's being done with their money. So if they don't have any stake in the game, they won't care anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a different fight on a different front um but i guess yeah the turning point does a great job with younger people um and unfortunately the, the reality of the situation is they're they're young and i don't know i don't know how much you can fault young people for being young do you see some hope though is there is there Absolutely. is there some hope yeah it's it's um there's a tiktok is huge nowadays uh, obviously um there are young people on tiktok every single day getting red pilled with just like stuff like oh i didn't know this was this and what's interesting culturally right like so in the 70s 80s you know whenever punk rock was around it was cool as a young person to be counterculture like i was like that looks like you were like that (laughs) right and and that's that's the cool thing to do and so now that the mainstream of everything, Disney, sports, Hollywood, all of the your education system is like so ingrained going one direction, it's like almost like counterculture and like cool to the, be like the new punk rock. Yeah, the new punk rock is like wanting less government in a right. lot of circles. Uh and I don't know. That's in terms of like hope, uh there's a a lot just from that angle. Um there's also I said this on Candace's show, uh, is that the current president is doing everything he can to alienate people from his side. Uh, And that doesn't mean they necessarily come all the way to our side, but they get forced into the middle. They get forced into curiosity. And now it's our job or Turning Point's job or, you know, people with a small government mindset, their job to go, yeah, come on over. We'll... uh, We'll hold your hand, and thanks for coming, and 
no harm, no foul. Like you thought what you thought, and do you think they it's gotten so bad that it's it's made it almost I mean, easier? That's, that's, it's it's like yeah, that's what obvious, I'm, right? Yeah, it's it's you know, there's a lot. I, I don't. I never want to be one of those people that just continually complains constantly without looking for solutions. But it it's hard not to do. Like everything is has been a debacle uh, in the last year. And a lot of us were calling that way before. Right. And again, like, you know, bad things happen and, you know, sometimes there's no avoiding it. Uh, but there, in this instance, there was. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure the people of Ukraine would really like some mean tweets right now. Right. Like, you know, you right. want to get into that whole thing. I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, um, Drink Champs, and it's 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 uh, an old rapper Nori and his and his uh, and his DJ, and they uh-huh. they interview like hip hop artists. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, it's entertaining. Let's yeah, just yeah. say that. But the the DJ guy says he didn't want to admit it a hundred percent because they because the labels that's yes, the problem because the they can't freaking labels and, yeah and he wouldn't. So one they had two uh, uh, they're interviewing a, a, a famous DJ. And he and he said he did a party at Trump's, and he was like, "Yeah, they, they took care of me. It was like yeah. it was it was great, it, mm-hmm. great." And the and they were both the two hosts were kind of holding back a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they got a little political. The guy, the the, the one DJ, he was just like, "No, nah, I'm not going to say nothing about him." Kind of just yeah, backed yeah. up. The other DJ that was the host, he kind of goes, "Well, I I I, I kind of don't think you know Russia would be tripping if you know if if that dude Trump was Uh-oh. in office." And then the whole, the main host is just like, wait, wait, wait. And he's, well, well and he kind of puts, puts it in reverse a little uh-huh. bit and trying to take, the, you can tell just a little, yeah. like, yeah, this probably wouldn't happen. And, mm-hmm. and just to have, like, somebody admit that, I think that's going on a lot nowadays where people are like, yeah, things were a lot chiller. Dude, you know what I mean? Even- maybe, maybe, you know, the, it was a little, it, it was a little volatile. I mean, he, he, he tweets and stuff, but, but who cares? Yeah. Uh, I felt safe. Yeah. I had more money in my pocket. Uh-huh. Uh, my 401k was blowing up. I mean, yeah. there was all these other things that looked really good. Well, you know what other thing that I think, too, is that a lot of people that are uh, your, your, dang, your <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome people that just really, really hated him. Uh, I think a lot of the things that they missed, too, is there are a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that he said that I didn't like either. Right. And that's, I think, one of the biggest components that a lot of people don't miss they're like wait a minute no you loved everything you did like no no, dude the guy shoved his foot in his mouth a ton of times that doesn't mean i disliked the policy side like the policy side was fantastic but he i'm sure even he would if you got him alone in a room and say like hey were there some things that you probably shouldn't have said i would guarantee you he'd be like yeah (laughs) there were some things that uh, probably wasn't the best idea right um but I think people see it as an all or nothing thing, which you get back into the labeling people. I think that's the biggest thing. And then when they see it as an all or nothing thing, they go, well, you must think this and this and this and this. Like, no, man, like people are more nuanced than that. Like they don't, that's not how the human brain operates. Yeah. I think, I think when, when I tell people that I I say, look, man, I I didn't agree with everything you said. But I mean, there is some things, and I'm sure he you didn't either. Yeah, he didn't agree with everything <laughs> I said. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you would agree with that too. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, nobody. I mean, 
only one person in this world I agree with everything he said, and that was Jesus. That's it. And I tell everybody that, that there's nobody yeah. else. That's it. And yeah. So, But political-wise, I mean, there's always going to be something I don't 100% agree with. And I think that's the problem that we run into still is black or white. You're either on this side or that side. No yeah. middle ground, no gray. And, and then it's even harder for people just to admit even a small thing. Like, mm-hmm. I did feel safer then. Mm-hmm. Or, or we didn't worry about war. Or there, there wasn't no new wars, you know. Yeah. And it was like, can we agree on that? And 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 all they say, I can't agree with that because mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, it, it's gonna say, put me on one side, mm-hmm. and it's not entirely true, dude. I wish, uh, like, for the sake of trying to bridge the gap, I wish there was a thing that I could point to that Joe Biden did, and I'm like, that's fine. I don't care about that. That's actually good. Right. The problem is they freaking can't. Like, <laughs> I want to find that one thing where I can give him credit for so that I can be at least not cut off from the rest of people who, who you know, don't think they, they didn't like the last guy a lot. Right. Um, I mean, Obama had a couple of those. Remember the tan suit? Controversy. He wore a tan suit. The and first then, one to wear a light suit because most presidents wore dark blue or yeah, black or suits, black right? or gray yeah. or something okay. like that. Yeah. And he wore like a light suit to like a press conference. And like my side of the aisle freaked out about that. Dumb. And like, I would have been like, I don't care about that. Like, I don't, I don't care about that at all. Yeah. And like, that was a sort of a kind of a bridge to go like, yeah, I think that was really dumb that right. people that I agree with policy wise freaked out about that. Um, and that helped, that helped open the door to it. Okay. This person is reasonable. Maybe yeah. I don't disagree with them, but maybe let me hear what I have to say. But in in so many situations, you have people that just don't can't hear any other side, right? Because and and then they just get they get cut off, like the DJ you were talking about. Yeah, like the, he was kind of. I could tell that he was a little bit lean that way. Then he kind of just well, like, dude, he drives a car too. Yeah, like he knows what gas prices are right now. Right, and like is looking at the, how much meat costs in the grocery store. I have to take out a second mortgage on my home <laughs> to go grocery shopping yeah, now. We're eating potato <laughs> tacos now. Not, there's no meat in them. There's no potatoes. The problem it's is just, potato tacos are delicious. I know. I agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me throw a couple things at you. Yeah. And maybe some, some, some quick, well, as fa- not as fast, but short answers. What, what do you think about these? Yeah. these items? Okay. Immigration. What do you, what do you, like, what, like, 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 what do you, what do you believe about immigration? For, for me, I, I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a false thing that says we don't take in the most immigrants of any other country. And I, I think people don't know that. And I think that they, they don't understand that we just can't take in this is, everybody. This is, this is the problem with, the, this is not really even a policy or a preference thing. Like, people want to talk about, like, oh, well, you think this, and you no, this is just what is. What is is that we can't, like you said, we can't take in anybody. So if we can't take in everybody, there's a limit, right? What is that limit? That's up to Congress to figure out. That's, that's you know, they can argue about that in their own right. Uh, and on top of that, okay, so if we can't take in everybody, how do we stop the people that we can't take in? Again, up to Congress. Right. They don't do anything. So that's, when you talk like immigration, it, honest to God, is not a right or left thing. It's a function of reality. It's, 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 it's like a, it's a capacity thing. It, it's, it's a, yeah. Right. Like how many people can you fit in this nightclub? Okay. Like t- okay, uh, there's a thousand person capacity limit. 
you can't cram 10,000 people in there. Right. Okay, so you have to you have to put a limit on it. And again, this is not a left or right side. It's just how things work. Right. And so, yeah, when it talk immigration, like set a limit, figure out how many people can come in, and then for the people that do come in, have a vetting process and like like Donald Trump would say, like all of your big conservative people would say is we like immigration. Like immigration's great. We need, we our social security system cannot stand <laughs> zero immigration. Right. It's not feasibly possible. We need young people coming into this country and working hard. And so that isn't even really like an issue. It's not that like oh these people don't like brown people. Like the, so so is it doesn't functionally so work? Is it used as like you said as a weapon to say oh they don't like you or they don't like brown people they don't like people of color they don't like you just crossing the border and coming in here that is, is it used more as a weapon then let me ask you this question do you think that smart people from both sides can be in a room for a week and figure it out Oof. Get, get rid of the get rid of the uh political side oh yeah yeah i do oh so do. then that's the answer is yeah. Is it used to wedge people and divide people? Absolutely, because it's not a difficult problem to solve. Get 10 people from both sides of the aisle in a room for a week. I guarantee you they come out with a comprehensive immigration reform system that both sides are happy with. And both sides are happy with it, again, because 80% of America agrees. It, Good it's, point. It, it, political theatrics is, I think, one of the biggest drivers for me to be in the public world like calling out stuff for like this is a stunt this is a political stunt right because i think a lot of people again get very emotional about stuff and not realize like oh this isn't really like an emotional thing this is a this is literally a political stunt right i think like like maxine waters the other day yeah, yeah. she goes uh-huh. to her district uh-huh. right she doesn't live in that she doesn't she hasn't lived there forever, right? Hasn't done anything for that mm-hmm. district. Mm-hmm. She wants to talk to the homeless. The first thing she says when they start yelling is, "Everybody go home." Yeah. They have no yeah. home. Yeah, I, but she went. She didn't go there to help nobody. No, she went to show some face. Hey, I'm here, and the you know, and we're gonna stunt. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is <clears throat> not to get not to go across the uh, issues spectrum, but a bunch of people in Congress, the only thing they care about is getting reelected. And so they, in look at all of the foreign engagements that we've had. Wars is what other people call it. Nobody votes on that, right? Congress has to approve the United States going to war. But especially in, in a lot of the places we're in in the Middle East, rather than be on the record, because once you're on the record, either it goes well or it goes poorly. And whatever side you were on, your opponent's going to hit you with that. And so rather than put their vote on the line, which is what we elected them to do, they just don't vote. Yeah. And they don't do anything. And then the executive has a bunch of power and all that sort of stuff. And so a lot of these issues that come up at immigration, tax reform, name it, they're not super difficult to solve. It's that Congress sucks, quite honestly. They don't do anything. Right. And that's not just one side of the aisle, by the way. Like, no, it's both sides. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people on that I would agree with policy-wise that just don't do anything because they're more worried about keeping their seat indefinitely than actually making functional Cause, change. Because it is a great job, right? Oh, it's a, it, 
talk about the most cush gig in the world. And 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 also got a like you're saying like six months off or something like that. It's ridiculous. There's there's a saying. Uh, a lot of people went to Congress to do good. They ended up doing well. There's like there's a lot of money on the back end there <laughs> yeah. too. So you know, the longer you stay in, the longer you don't make your district mad. The longer you can stay in, the longer you stay in, the more money you're gonna make. So, all bad. Okay, next one. Person of color. What what nationality are you? Uh, my dad is Samoan. Okay. My mom is Irish. Okay. So like, good mix. Name then. Joe Bob. Like, go figure. <laughs> I probably have the most teeth of any Joe Bob you know, though. So, <laughs> so you're dating the the haku in a, a you know, a little a, a kilt. Yeah, a kilt. I think a kilt is Scottish, oh, my but bad. I get the joke. No, no, the joke is good. <laughs> oh man, oh, that was not good. <laughs> I think my mom is probably Scottish too. Okay, so person of color. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people go to a point in this country where this country was mm-hmm. uh, bad on race. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've talked about on the show, my grandfather, my great aunts being escorted out of Glendale because mm-hmm. they didn't live there and they went to school there, but they had to be out by 5 o'clock. Uh, yeah, crazy. They lived in the, the uh, Roger Young Village, which was in the LA Zoo area, and they lived in uh, uh, poor housing that was there back in the mm-hmm. day, little Quantanot. Um, but they got escorted out of there. I've never been a person that, um, you know, like dwelled on that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my grandfather and my great aunts, when they, when they told me that story, like five, six years ago, I was like, wow, that's crazy. But they were all successful. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the people that bring up those times and just constantly that they're, they're, they've never experienced, I've never, I've never been escorted out of a city because of the color. Of course. So I, but I don't ponder on those things. Mm-hmm. I remember those things. I remember where we came from. But I don't. I don't use that as a crutch to say I'm not here because of what they went through mm-hmm. sixty plus years ago, maybe longer than that, maybe seventy. When it comes to uh, race, I could not think of a thing that I care about less. Um, when you want to talk jobs, no business owner that I know, and I know a lot, care. At all. It's can you do the job and who will make me the most money? It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, gay, les- like, d- yeah. does it literally doesn't matter at all in the real world. It only matters as a function of a political advantage. And so when people talk about historic wrongs, there is a point there. Like, like, COINTELPRO, I don't know if you know about, like, what J. Edgar Hoover was doing with the FBI, like infiltrating people that should, there's a lot of bad problems. There, there was a lot of bad yeah, things. There's a lot of bad things that happened to different people, different races. Right. Um, so nobody's saying that that didn't happen. My question to all of the people that want the government to get involved is given its track record, do you think the government will make this problem better or worse? <laughs> Now, again, that's not saying that some of the stuff that happened in the past was terrible. Because it was. Yeah. Like, nobody's denying that. Right. But there's no government fix that, like, makes any sort of historical wrong go away. Right? That's, yeah. you know, that's good luck if you think that that's the case. Um, and, and how do you fix it generationally? Like, you know, work hard. Like, I, I, I have to believe... And I do believe, but like none of none of the 
ideological ground that I stand on holds up if a person who is willing to work hard in this country can't make it, right? Yeah. Because you can't. Like, that's just the reality. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I, this is, I was talking to, uh, <laughs> you know who MAGA Hulk is? He's, uh, he's, he's, he's just this, this big black dude. Big, yeah, 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 I know yeah. who he is. <clears throat> We're talking about... Um, I don't want to put a label on him, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that big black dude. Yeah, no, he is. That's what he is. That, he'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking like, you know, different, uh, dang it, I lost my train of thought. Um, we, we talk a lot about the whole race component within politics, and it, it's nobody is going to give you a leg up that you don't get yourself. Um, maybe you're, maybe you're, Sorry, let me rephrase that. Nobody's going to give you a leg up that didn't already pay for it. In other words, even if somebody has, quote-unquote, privilege, whatever that is, somebody did something, whether it was you, your parents, your parents sacrificed for you, uh, to give you a position that maybe other people don't have. That's the whole point of being a parent, is like work your butt off so that your kids have it better off than you did. My parents did it. Your parents Um, did it. So, so when you when you break it down when you break down privilege in general, it's a weird thing to grapple with. And then you break down privilege by skin color. Like I don't I don't even know. That's what I was talking about. Me, me and me and Stephen Davis, uh, MAGA Hulk, um, we're talking about the idea that why does this keep happening to me? You know what? I, I feel like these are loud, and I'm like listening to myself gotcha, talk. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, we were talking about the idea of taking these like racial attacks seriously. Like, at what point do you just stop fighting back because it doesn't hold any ground, and you just say, "Sure, whatever." Like, he gets called a white supremacist. A big it's, black dude gets called a white well, supremacist. Well, elder too. Same oh, yeah. thing. Oh yeah, the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> like, at what point do you stop fighting back against that, and then just like laugh and like move on? Yeah, I, I think the answer is like now. Like so, when you when you ask about like, well, what about you know racial issues? Like, I I don't, I, I don't have time for this. Like, yeah, work hard, you'll get ahead. Like, and, and God bless America. Do you find that students in particular mm-hmm. think there's some fantasy uh, uh, country out there that's better than here because they haven't been anywhere else? I've I've talked to guys. I, I know a lot of artists. I know tattoo artists that mm-hmm. that that grew up in Pomona. Yeah. In, the, in the rough streets of Pomona, yeah. not in the good side. Yeah. And they'll tell me, like, I've been all over the world tattooing. Mm-hmm. There ain't no better place than here. Mm-hmm. This is the best place. This is the place where I was a convicted felon, and now I own my own shop and make a great living. There's And, and why don't what, – what do people think? Like, there's some other place out there that they can go to or they can try to change this and make this better. It's not perfect. And there's no perfect place out there, mm-hmm. but what it, what is the thinking behind that? I think that it goes back to that young people are idealistic and think that the world can operate how it should. Does that make sense? Like in a perfect world, you know, there's there's no problems. Education right? is free. Yeah, just everything everything <laughs> works out, but like. The, and like when I was young, I used to think like, oh yeah, why don't why don't we just do this? This would fix everything. Not realizing like, oh, 
That's not possible. And as much as I want something to be true, it's just not. And so if you have that mindset on the world, you're probably pretty easily tricked into thinking things like race matter when it comes to the amount of skill and the amount of work that you can do, right? Like you said, there's no, like, there's no legal advantage that anybody has over anybody else in this country based on the amount of pigment they have in their skin. But if you're, if you think the world should operate where everybody should be equal, you would look at some of the statistics of minorities getting locked up more. You wouldn't take into consideration they commit more crime. But you would look at that and go, oh yeah, well that's bad. And it's easy, that's how you get tricked into that sort of thinking is you just, you're idealistic and not really paying attention all that much. Um, uh, I was talking to um, Amala, I'm going to butcher her last name. I know who you're talking about. uh, From PragerU yesterday. And she was telling me about like, oh yeah, I used to be like this big super leftist and like go and like campaign for like these uh, super woke organizations. And I was like, dang, why? She's like, I don't know. I just like thought that that was what you were supposed to do. And then I started questioning things and I'd get attacked for questioning things. And that was like the aha moment of like, whoa, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a little bit more nuanced than I might've thought. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's just I. I think young people are just susceptible to that thing. And again, I don't blame young people for being young, but they're also dumb. Like young people are stupid. No offense. I'm sorry. I'm not sure how old you are. But <laughs> Twenty-one. Like, yeah. Statistically, you're not as smart as. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like you know, he he gets it though. He's like, okay, I I I can learn this stuff. Yeah. And it, it, I mean. He's open to learn th- different things, and that's what I like about him. Like he'll he'll and he's really great at listening to both sides. Which sometimes I'm, I'm like, yeah, you got a point there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he, I, I, and I'd rather have that than than you know. One thing I've always told him and his sister: just if you're going to argue a point, know both sides and know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then it's better to stay quiet. Yeah, it's better to be thought of a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. I don't yeah. know who said that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great quote. Um, I I was talking to another friend of mine uh, the other day about the idea of like labels, um, and he was like, "I'm going to stop using the word conservative." I'm like, okay, yeah. What are you going to replace it with? He's like, thoughtfulness, because the more you think about stuff and the more you ponder stuff, the more you go, okay. As much as I'd like the world to be this way, it is not. And so what's the best way to function within a world that will never be perfect? And the answer is give less people less power. <laughs> yeah. That's just it. Yeah. So uh, that's I, I think that's a great point. I mean I mean, even even with me, you know, you we say we're conservative, that's kind of changed and it, it, it labels yourself and mm-hmm. people turn you off right away. But when you're open and say, Hey, this is what I believe mm-hmm. You say lay it out, they kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of believe that too. And you're like, we're on the same page. When it's a shifting scale too, because like in the 60s, I would probably be like a Democrat. Like I'd probably be a a Jimmy Carter Democrat after looking at what the FBI under Nixon was like getting involved with. Yeah. Like I'm – but at the time, they were like, the government should have less control over people doing whatever they want to do. And like that's where I align with. And now, especially during COVID, that thing just flipped. Yeah. And so, like, okay, like, 
I'm not a big labels person, but if you're going to label me, now I'm on the other side, not because my ideas changed, but because the the, the sides flipped. Like, Bill Maher is a great example. I don't even... Bill, yes. Bill Maher was talking... Especially to, as of late. Yeah. Well, because his side went off the right. deep end. Not because... He's, he's very open about saying, like, my ideas haven't changed. Like, you guys all changed. Well, I mean, where would JFK line today on what oh, side? Oh, an extreme right, conservative, alt-right, fascist... At- Lunatic Asking what you company. could do for your country. Yeah. Imagine imagine Ugh. somebody a Democrat saying that now. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Yeah. And and so uh the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Yeah. Do you, what was it called? There was a specific operation during the Cuban Missile Crisis that uh the CIA was wanting to plant a false flag so that JFK could go into Cuba and be justified for doing it. So false flag for people who don't know what that is is like uh the the military trying to justify attacking, putting something in place yep. to justify attacking. So yeah, they they want to do a create, false a, create a narrative. Yeah, so yeah. You can go in there. Yeah, like oh, like uh, well, Dave punched me in the face. Uh, well, he didn't, but I said he did, so now I get to punch him. Yeah, right. So that was a that was a whole thing that the CIA did to JFK. JFK heroically said. What are you crazy? We're not going to do that. That's insane. Operation Northwoods. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. North, yeah. There, Cam, Cam with the assist. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Northwoods. Um, yeah. He said like th- that's insane. JFK was a Democrat. Like nowadays, especially with what's going on in Ukraine, I think the the roles would be entirely reversed. Yeah. It's, like it's so, it's it's so crazy. Like you, and I think that's. Going back, I mean, that's going to be probably the title of this of this podcast: No Labels, because you you, yeah. you wouldn't be able to put a label on on JFK anymore. You'd be like, "Huh, what? Yeah. Democrat that yeah. has conservative uh, thoughts?" I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and then again, relative to the time he was in, like, yeah, JFK now is like Trumpier than Trump, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to think about. That, but, that is insane. Yeah, but I, but I think moving. people don't study history. Mm-hmm. People don't, you know, think about those guys and what they stood for. And they, I mean, he was America first before America first. Well, most people <laughs> have been historic. Like Bill Clinton was also America first, right. like in a lot of ways. Um, and it only, only until like the 2010s where people, your, your critical theory people have been gotten or started to gain steam and go, oh, yeah, we're a bad country. Like, I, I think know. that's a good thing about uh, social media now because you can pull up all these uh, old Dude. speeches from like Clinton. Even even Dude. with Fauci the other day, they found that one yep. where he's like, oh, if you have uh, the, the flu yeah, virus, natural immunity. For, yeah. yeah, natural immunity. And you, you pull up this stuff and it's like, but they're, it flips. It's, well, it's fascinating because you used to be able to get away with that. Like in the 90s, yes. like, like the current president of the United States would go back and forth on issues on TV, but nobody would catch it because you have to have been watching the entire time. One, you would have to have been watching the entire time, and two, you had to have a platform to be able to play back what you were watching the entire time. And in a lot of ways, I think uh, there are some politicians, himself included, uh, who forget that that's not how it is anymore. You can't just go back and forth like the, uh, what was the, the, the deterrence? Uh, or or sanctions. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember him saying sanctions were never meant to deter. Yeah. And like, there's clips of his whole cabinet saying the only reason we're doing this is to deter. Sure. So like, 
Yeah. If you live in that world in the past of like where you used to be able to get away with that, now you can't. So if there's one good thing about the internet, you're right. That's you can call people out on that sort of crap whenever you want. Okay, you're young. Your wife's young. Thirty one. Thirty one's great, dude. Don't trust me, dude. Enjoy it. I'd rather be twenty one. Yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> there. I mean, most people like yourself, young married couple, mm-hmm. move out of California. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys stay? Um, future child care from grandma when we have kids. <laughs> Honest to God, that's the only reason. Uh, there's a lot of family things going on currently uh, internally um, that would have made it very difficult. Uh, we also um, uh, we bought a house. We were not planning to buy anything in California, and then an opportunity came up that was too good, and now we're stuck. Uh, <laughs> we're not stuck, but um, there there's just a lot of things that are here too. And then and there's also the component of like, like no, like I love this place. I don't want to bounce. Yeah, like there's a, every incentive to bounce. Like, dang, if I could move to Phoenix and work at TPSA full-time rather than commuting uh, via airplane, uh, that would be fantastic. Um, but there's that component of, like, California used to be a well-run state, and it is not anymore. Right. And, you know, in in everything, you can either choose to jump ship or work to fix it. I currently am choosing the latter. Now, there is a point where it gets too crazy. Like, there is a point where if I'm paying 80% of my income in taxes and half of that's to the state, then uh, mm, I was talking to a friend. I had lunch with a friend earlier today, and he was telling me about his tax situation. I mean, he he does pretty well. Uh, But I'm like, holy cow, man. Like, yeah, I might actually consider moving. It is Uh, pretty intense. Yeah. It is pretty intense. Yeah. I I, I tell everybody, for us, uh, God would have to tell us to move. If he does, it doesn't tell us to move, then he'll provide. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that's just my belief. I mean, I just f- figured, hey, for now, somebody's got to stay and fight a little bit. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it 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 does get overwhelming. You know, you get you get your little yearly bonus, and it's like forty percent is gone, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> then then you know you want to bless God with another ten percent. So it's like, hey, man, what happened to that bonus? It's done. But yeah, there there. I mean, there is a lot of people that are here that still. You know, want to fight, still want to try to make a stand, uh, and, I, and I think that's a good thing. So, where, what is the line for you? Oh man, for me, see, I'm not. You're not supposed to ask the questions, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, recently, my thinking kind of changed on that. I was my wife doesn't want to move. We have family situations too. Yeah, our, yeah. our whole family, both Everybody sides, does. lives here. Yeah. You know, our parents are. Her parents are older. My my mom's getting older, um, so there's a lot of a lot of components there. Um, I think if you know if if it got too crazy, too wild, yeah. But once again, it would it would have to be you know God telling us to move. Mm-hmm. I but I but I do tell my kids like, hey, if you know my son goes to Arizona a lot, he likes it there. Uh, if he had an opportunity there, then cool. You know, I tell my do you want a job there? We can talk after this. <laughs> I got one for you. There you go. And then, uh, you know, same with my daughter. She's 25. So I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, if you find love and you guys decide to pick up and move. Yeah. Now, if they move somewhere else, you know. That, that, that might change that, your circumstances. That, that, that might change the circumstances. Yeah. You know, it's, it still have to be on the, what the Lord says. But uh, 
for now, you know, we're, we're, we're rooted here. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily we plan on retiring here because I, I want my 401k to last a little bit longer than get burned two here. Two years. But yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it is. I think um, safety-wise, I think uh, tax-wise is, is big. I think business-wise is, is all components to to, to, to and, and then of course spiritual wise uh, would be the main one for us mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it, who knows what could happen it's gonna be interesting to see uh over the next couple of years um because gavin's running for president he, as yeah. an announcer that's this is his entire his entire thing yeah nobody nobody was uh more upset that donald trump lost than gavin newsom gavin newsom wanted trump to win more than anybody else in the world uh for reasons that are yeah, boring probably. I mean, he probably. I can beat him, and let me go up against him, and oh. and I look cooler than him, and well, I've done this. So, if Trump had won in twenty twenty, that puts a twenty twenty four election wide open. There's yeah. no incumbent Republican. There's no incumbent Democrat. True. Gavin would be a sitting governor of the largest state in the union, running for president of the United States in twenty twenty four. Now that Trump didn't win. He's got to deal with Kamala Harris, the incumbent vice president in 2024. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's not going right, to be able to right. run in 2024. Yeah. He's then going to have to push it out to 2028, in which he will be a former governor. And who cares about former governors? Like, right. Who cares about that? Uh, and if Kamala were to win in 2024, which is not possible because she is who she is, but then he would have to push out to 2032. What is he doing? He can't. He can't yeah. physically do it. So, um where was I going with that? Gavin wants to be the president. Uh, and I think a lot of the legislation that he's pushing through or his, his part of his agenda is geared towards getting him there. Right. Because in order to be the president, you got to get through the primary. In order to get through the primary, you got to go as far to your side as humanly possible. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the craziness, I think, is coming from Gavin's want to win the Democratic primary. And then to do that, he's got to get the wokest of the wokes on his side. Do you, think, do you think there's enough of them out there? Uh, the wokes uh, of the woke right now, to, um, for him to win something like that. Oh yeah, well, it's because the thing is, like in the primary, right? It's not the general election. You don't need fifty percent uh, like you would in the general election. In the primaries, the highest percentage of yeah, you each, can you can get through with a plurality of ten percent. Right. So yeah, you only if you can get all of the wokes on your side. It's been so bad though, man. Yes, yes, it has. But a lot of people don't judge based on the same metrics we judge. I judge based on the, can businesses open and operate? How are the taxes? What is the infrastructure like? The other side judges on different metrics. How many black, gay, lesbians, transgender people did he hire? (laughs) It's a different metric. And so when you base that off a different metric... You're right. It is terrible. But it's just terrible for the people who make money and have jobs. It's not terrible for the people who only keep score by how many diversity points you have. Uh, and, and there's nothing, I don't know, that, that might be the bad thing. And also, to, to even put a further damper on this California outlook, uh, a lot of people running for governor this, this cycle. Uh, I would encourage people who don't like Gavin to not care about the governor's race that much. Mm. Uh, Gavin is sitting on $40 million in campaign money. 
as as much as people aren't going to like to hear this, who may lean to my side of the aisle, if you don't, you're going to be happy. Uh, he's going to win. He, like, it, it, it's really not a question. It's crazy. So with that, take your money and take your enthusiasm and throw it into local races. Because there are a lot of state seat, state senate seats, state assembly seats, supervisor seats that are up for grabs that we can win to help take California back. We are not going to do that if we throw $10 million at a failed governor's race. Wow. Is that kind of the same strategy they have for, for, for Congress right now? You see a lot of uh, Democrats retiring. Uh, you see a lot of... Is that, is, Democrats you know, are retiring because they don't want to get smacked. Okay. The, the Democratic Party is going to get smacked in the midterms. Historically speaking, the president and the president's party always wins. Not always wins, but they do well in the general election during presidential years. During the midterms... Switches, right? It goes, Yeah. Like, like Obama won the House, the Senate, and the presidency in 2008. He lost his butt in 2010. I think they lost like 60 seats in the House. Like crazy right. flip. Yeah, they did. Um, and then also, Democrats do poorly in midterms. That's just statistically true. Um, in presidentials, everybody knows there's a presidential race. So a bunch more, there's a bigger turnout. In midterms, uh, Republicans are generally the only ones aware that midterms are happening. And so Republicans tend to do well. Um, so in Congress, they're, 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 they're getting swamped regardless. And then I... I know several people on the left side of the aisle that are like, yeah, we're in for a kicking. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it's a weird game. Like it is a weird game. <laughs> Why did you get involved in politics in the first place? I mean, it, it, it is so frustrating. It is so, uh, devious. It is so, uh-huh. uh, just, just every bad thing I'm sure you've seen and heard and, and, and part of me loves it. Yeah. Like it's, it's the biggest it's the highest stakes competitive competition in the world. Like you can talk, you know, people winning the FIFA World Cup or winning the Super Bowl or winning some Grand Slam tennis championship. And those are big competitions. But what implication does that have? Like, okay, you get to hold up a trophy. In the world of politics, you work two years for one night on election night. Yeah. And to throw in, to make it even sweeter, not only are you working for that one night, that one night has implications, like lasting implications on the way people live. And so part of me is like extraordinarily competitive when it comes to that. Um, yeah, I, that, that's probably why. Because wow. I think it's, it's the most competitive realm on planet Earth. It matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's part of me hates the way the game is played, but part of me also loves when I'm able to do something that other people didn't think of. Does every politician have to compromise their beliefs at some point? You know, when I was, when, when, when I was young, I, I, I liked politics. Oh yeah. And, 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 I remember talking to my dad about it, mm-hmm. and my dad told me that. He's like, the problem with politics is that one day you're going to have to compromise your beliefs, and what are you going to do? And I said, mm. I think you're you're looking at, in terms of, like, legislation, you're looking at uh, lesser of two evils type things. It's like compromising your beliefs 
in order to obtain an objective that has a higher priority to that particular belief. Um, I don't even know. I don't know if I would put them in a category of compromising their beliefs. Like, 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 okay. So if we got like, what I'm saying is, is, well, there has to be some sort of compromise, right? In everything. Yeah. We got, you got to work with the other side of the aisle. Of course. But to the point where you're compromising, maybe taking some money on the back end from somebody, or maybe have somebody come into your office and having a little influence Mm -hmm. on you, things like that. So this is the age-old question that I ask. uh, Like, the answer is I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But the question that I have is, is the type of person that would seek political office the same type of person that would take back-end money or do some devious things with their power? Are they already that person going in, or do they they get corrupted along the way? Yeah. The answer is I don't know, but I've seen both. I've seen good people run for office and be successful and turn into maniacs, and I've seen people who, a lot of them, I look at running their campaign and go... Should not have any power at at all. I agree, I agree with you on a policy wise, but holy cow, you're a crazy person. Uh, there are some politicians <laughs> out there like that, and I and and so on an individual basis, you have to ask that question for everybody. Um, thankfully, nowadays there are a lot of politicians that I like know, which is that's a whole other thing. That's weird to me that I get texts from sitting congressmen. That's like a weird crazy. Thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But now that I know these people, I'm like, okay, you were, you were, you went in with a, with great intentions. Right. Hopefully, you can keep those, right? But you're at least not the type of person that you're like, you want this power for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so yeah, I, so so, so that it's possible. They're they're out there. Yeah. Oh, of course they're out. There's yeah. There's 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 a handful of really really good people in Congress. Um, and the Senate and just, you know, out there in, in the political offices that they hold. Um, but there are also a lot of crazy people, <laughs> which which I think brings back the entire point of like, because there's such a disparity of good people and crazy people and the crazy people probably outweigh the good people, they probably shouldn't be able to do as much. <laughs> Bring it back to the point the government is bad at doing things and should do less things. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Let, let's let's let's. Shift gears here, yeah. Because a lot of people don't know, and I mentioned it in the intro. Uh huh. You play music, yeah. My right. wife was the worship leader of the church down the street for like seven years, and, and so I was the utility musician. Oh, you like played everything? Not well. Like, let's not give me credit for being a kept the beat. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we don't have a drummer this week. Great. Let me play <laughs> drums now. We don't have a bass player. Whatever. The only thing, you know, I, the only thing I didn't play there is the piano, and that that would have been rough. But uh, no, yeah, my 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 wife and I do uh, music. Um, she's been she's been doing worship music f- since way before we were dating, and then she uh, took a job as the uh, a side gig as the uh, worship leader at our church. Nice. And I think like 2019, we're like, yeah, let's put out some of our own music. I've had an interesting musical past too. Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, I, I heard stuff. about th- this uh, interesting musical past. It was it had to do with like some boy band stuff, oh, or what, what? What was that about? You're not bro? supposed to do any of the back end homework on this. I, I, 
I try to do my yeah. job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't want it all to be politics yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and policy and everything else. But uh, yeah, I, I, you were like in this boy band or you tried out for a boy band. I was in a boy band for a hot second. And, well, what uh, were they called? Social network with two Ks because we all met on social networking systems. All right. Um, early what? Early. Uh, tw- my early 20s but uh i think it was like 2012 okay 2013 so early ish. early early uh internet early, day, uh, early oh, yeah, social yeah. media days yeah yeah totally social media was 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 prevalent but still relatively new especially nowadays um yeah man did some singing did did more dancing than i ever expected to do <laughs> especially choreographed dancing did you um, have, could you dance <laughs> could i dance I'm just asking, bro. <laughs> I don't know if if half Samoan, half Irish guys could dance. Hey, I just want to ask. You know, do what you mean? see pigment? I can dance. <laughs> We're gonna have to pull up some of those old no, videos. I don't, no, we don't need to verify my statement. We're gonna verify. Just take it as truth and run with it. I verify everything. <laughs> every good podcaster, yeah. every good every good uh, person that's online verifies. I, I can tear up a wedding dance floor. I'm not sure how good I was at the choreography. I think I think everybody turns up the wedding dance floor. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's always good, but uh, definitely. So the so the music, the it, it, pretty good stuff, dude. Uh, to be honest, you and your wife Thanks. sound really great. Your wife Thanks. has a great voice. She's she's so much better than I am at most things, but music specifically. Like she's yeah, she's well, like uh, most wives. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to say that. I have to say that, but <laughs> I actually do mean it. Uh, <laughs> not that you don't mean <laughs> no, it. No, no, I. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> You know, you know she, she believed in me before I believed in myself. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put that out there, dude. Yeah, she comes from a very musical family, um, and it shows. It's 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 kind of funny because I'm in music because I enjoy music. Not that she doesn't enjoy music, but she's just one of those people that can like hear things that other people oh, just yeah, can't. Gee. And and it's funny because the only time we get into arguments really is when I can't find a harmony. That she wants me to find, and nice. I get I I don't get ridiculed for anything else other than why can't you sing that note? And I can't explain it to her. I can't. You're asking. I don't know. You're asking me why I can't dunk a basketball. Like right. I just can't. There's yeah. no. There's. No, it's not because I'm. It's not because of a lack of trying. I just can't do it. So yeah, no, she's the. <laughs> She's the musician in the family, and then her dad is an incredible piano player, and then her grandpa um, was like was a mu- like was a touring musician and did very very well. Wow! Yeah. So it just runs in her family. Oh yeah, She's- you, ever to, you ever to Styles Music down the street in Pomona? No. Um, okay, this music shop they are. really yeah. okay. So they uh, yeah they're a musical family, and I'm kind of like the outsider that like enjoys it. <laughs> but doesn't have the natural capability that they have. Well, you play something at least, you know. Well, yeah, I play something, but I don't. Again, like I like her dad can hear something and play it. Hear something and then wait days and go. What was that song like? And oh then, yeah, I and hate those like, people. Eh, well, like, okay, how do I keep up with that? I hate. Those I can't. People. Yeah, I it's can not. just listen ten seconds. Oh yeah, I got it, and just play it. Yeah, yeah. My friend was like that. Yeah, I was like, it's ridiculous. Do you do music too? I used to. I used to have a little band back in the day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Screamo. Uh, <laughs> no. it, it was a rage uh, POD kind of okay. mix. Yeah. yeah, 
You, you, yeah. can, you can verify it. Oh, I, love, I love Rage Against the Machine. I, they're, be up I can't, stand, can't stand what they say, but I love that kind of music. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, 90s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It had, it had a little a little run, played the whiskey a few times oh, in nice. different places. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. I think, I'm, I think I'm no longer welcome at the whiskey, but. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, don't, they know who you are now? Well, you know how. I mean, you you feel cool because you're like, I'm playing at the Whiskey Go-Go. Right, right. And you do some things you maybe shouldn't. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, we, we played, we, we played the, you know, you have to, everybody out there, it's cool to play there. You, if yeah, you're yeah. a band from LA, you got to play there at least once. Uh-huh. But, you, but, you know, you have to sell the tickets. You got to sell tickets. And they put, they put you on like Monday or Tuesday night, yep. right? And you're trying to get 50 people yep. of your closest friends to, you know, to pay Twenty dollars. Say twenty dollars to come see what they can see in your garage. Right, and then half the people are like, "Dude, I, you know, let's pay twenty dollars to come see you play." Yeah. They, they half the people want free tickets, so mm-hmm. you have to bomb yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I bought like twenty free tickets and mm-hmm. gave them out to my friends. They showed up. The cool thing was is that if you do good on those, yeah, dead nights, yeah. they invite you to like a yeah. Friday, Saturday uh-huh. night. So the guys like, "Hey, you guys did great, uh-huh. and we love the turnout." You can play on Friday. Yeah. I said, great. So a couple months later, we booked a Friday, mm-hmm. killed it. Still had, still had to sell tickets, of course. Yeah. But there's other bands there. You're having a good time. Cool. I mean, I guess we did good because, uh, you know, the, 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 the owner or whoever was running the, the place, the manager, sends uh, the bouncer over with a tray of, of beers. <laughs> and, uh, of course, none of us drank. So he puts the tray down and he goes, hey, man, great job. They told me to send this over to you. It's all you. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> right there, my buddy's my buddy's uh, brother, which drank like crazy. He's like, Dave, I know you guys don't drink. Can I grab those beers? I said, Yeah, you can have them, dude. Cool. He goes and grabs the tray, and the bouncer grabs them and pulls them back. He goes, Hey, man, don't touch their beers. I'm like, oh, it's cool, dude. <laughs> he can have them. But it's a great place to play. I mean, it, you you have to play. The, the The thing that sucked was mm-hmm. they they video recorded you. That's why we're not. Al- yeah, I, I didn't buy it because. We didn't have no more money. Yeah, we yeah, bought all the you're tickets. Out of money. You're out of money. So we were sneaking video guys in. Oh, see, And then yeah, they dude. caught us, and then we dude. snuck them back in, and then they're like, y- "You're done." I, I we I think it was like it was like one fifty. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was at like the time. One, yeah, yeah, at the time it wasn't nothing, right? I'm, I'm like, the guy's like, "You want the videotape? We recorded it." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How much is it?" He goes, "One fifty. And I was like, "I need I to get no home money. tonight." Yeah, yeah I like, I have I, no money. And I, I went, I went to our guitar player. He's like, "Yeah." I haven't got no money, dude. Once I got, hey, you got any money? Can we scrounge some money together? We did it. My wife goes, we sh- we should have begged to have that video. Now would have been so cool. It would have been, uh, but at the time, what would you have done with it? Just have it. Yeah, there was like, no it's internet. Not like, yeah, right? It's not like you, you can't, can't put, put it on it YouTube. Like, yeah. So yeah, that might make sense. Like well, you wouldn't have done anything. It would have anyway. been uh, a throw a throwback. Yeah, it would have been cool. It would have been cool to have <laughs> to have, but but it's not cool anymore. Yeah, man, that's good yeah. times. Those are those are, and it's interesting to see. Uh, uh, man, I, I don't want to bring other people into this. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the guys in the boy band, actually, well, a couple of guys in the boy band, you know, it's interesting to see the trajectory of their careers and lives. They do good? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and awesome. It, yeah, and it's and in the world that I wasn't doing great in. Like, I would have loved to continue playing music, but, like, I didn't have the chops. And I'm still trying. Like, I st- I'm still working at it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know, a couple of years later, this guy named Max, who was in the group, like, got nominated for his fourth Emmy. 
Like he's doing great. Wild. He was engaged with Demi Lovato for a hot second, and like, <laughs> and like, oh, like this is cool. Before but, she was Demi Lovato. No, no. When she was Demi, like, when she was like, Demi. This is like last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, before. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's interesting to see like just how different people pan out and. And all yeah, all, all, the, all the guys are in the band are, are successful. One of friends works for Mattel and uh, d- different stuff. They're all yeah. they're all doing well. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. I don't regret it. It was fun. Uh, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, and I can say I did it. Yeah. And uh, it there's some stuff still out there on YouTube somewhere. And yeah. so it's always cool. I'm still it, hustling it. I'm trying to like I, that's what I like doing most. Again, I wish I was better at it. Yeah. But uh, we have a great partner. I mean, listen, you guys are great. I, I, Johnny Swim or something like that. Maybe uh, uh love guys, them. Yeah, yeah, in there somewhere. That's why I see you guys. I mean, definitely great. Yeah, before man. we go, I, I know you got to go. Um, I, don't, I don't have anywhere to be, so oh, don't sweet. don't don't wrap up on that account because sweet. I had a photo shoot at five. Because uh, I'm still doing photo shoots. Like <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, yeah, dude. At least you got all the poses down from the from the boy band days, right? Oh no, I'm taking photos. Oh, you're taking like, photos. I'm still so I like I was working in politics and I was doing all the production stuff and like now oh, in the last so, six months, yeah. like now I'm like doing on camera stuff, but I wasn't like I've worked I've worked my butt off to get all of these clients in the political realm. I'm not just gonna give that up, right? And so like. It, yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll go on like a nationally syndicated TV show and then come back and into my Honda 2004 <laughs> Honda Civic and go take photos for 500 bucks. So, I, yeah. Still no, that's, hustling. Dude, you have to. You have to, right? Yeah, because like, yeah. You never know what could happen. No. Let yeah. me, okay. I have a hard time. Maybe you can help me answer this. And, and, and Well, not help me answer this, but where do you think – the church should lie within politics Dude. because we have we have some extremes. Um, and I, and and I, what I mean by extremes is people that are super heavy into politics mm-hmm. and, and and they're big time leaders. I mm-hmm. mean, Jack Hibbs is one of them. I, I'm not throwing him under the bus or anything, but it's true. I mean, he he got a lot of guys that come to his church and and they're big in in, mm-hmm. in your realm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going speaking with him next this, what, April this month. Okay, yeah. let me know. I'll, yeah, I'll go check it out. Yeah. And then you got people that are kind of just yeah. they, they they're trying to create a balance. What I've learned is there's times when I might post something on Facebook and I try not to be too controversial mm-hmm. or anything like that. Just kind of bring light to something. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I always find like it's a hard balance for me between you know uh, uh, the message of the gospel and the message of politics. And but they they go together kind of sometimes. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes it's it's hard for people, and you don't want the message of politics to overshadow the message of the gospel. Of but a lot of things that go on in politics affect the church. We saw that in the last couple of years. Church uh, is closing. I used to be a big component of proponent of keep politics out of the church. Like I used to be like all like no, this is not where you talk about this. If you want to be in a small group and that comes up, fine. But from the pulpit. Not the right place. Yeah. Uh, in the last couple years, that idea has shifted more. Not necessarily because I think I've changed my outlook on it, but because politics has had a much bigger role right. in my life. It, if, like in the, I don't know, the 80s or the 90s, when like the government just didn't have as much involvement, you wouldn't even, and I don't know this firsthand, but I, you wouldn't even know what your neighbor 
was. Like, are they a registered Republican or a registered Democrat? What do they think about this issue? Right. Like, that would be like, your political ideology would be like number 10, if it even made the top 10. Yeah. You're like, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a soccer coach, I'm a cheap metal worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, whatever. Whatever it is that you are. Yeah. Political party ranks so low. Now, it was the first thing people tell you. Yeah. Like, hi, my name is Ralph. I'm a conservative. Why? Why are you saying my, that? My pronouns are. Yeah, yeah like, but, but really, that's like at the forefront. Like, yeah. people's political ideology nowadays, like, they wear it as a badge. Like, dude, look at masks. Like, not to get down the ringer of those things, but, like, it's we're past the point of, like, yeah. pretending that those are effective. Um, but they're people that still wear them. And what they're signifying is that I align with this party. So the rank in which you describe yourself, politics has jumped up to the top. And so with that being said, and it taking over people's lives, I really appreciate some pastors taking a stronger stance on it. I think it's bigger. I think because... It infringed upon the church more than ever, oh, yeah. especially the last few years. Yeah, Before yeah. we, would, you know, you had the the major issues, and we, and we would be aware of them. But I think because they kind of overstepped their bounds in a lot of these areas, yeah. I think the church was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, yeah." You and, know, and that's and that's part of like, like now. Okay, I also think that there should be multiple gradations of how much the church is involved, right? Like. We go to a church that, like, this guy's not really talking about politics much at all. And then there are churches that talk about politics a lot. And I don't dislike either one. Like, I think they both should exist, and people have should have the choice to go whichever way they want to go. I, I, I agree. I, I visited a church. I I, I love the church. Yeah. But I had, a, I, I had to ask the pastor, is this mm-hmm. a woke church? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, where, where mm-hmm. you, you start preaching ideology from... Some yeah. political organization rather than the gospel. Yeah. You know, wh- 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 where do we stand? What's what's first here? Like, I get some things, but what's first here? You know, and he's like, no, we're not a woke church. And I go, I'm sorry I had to ask that. He goes, no, I get asked that all the time yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and so, and so, like, with that, there's, there's some things that churches probably should start taking stances on. Um, and, again, this is not – I wouldn't have said this five years ago. I don't like, think I, anybody would have. No, I would have been like, no, like, this, these are separate things. But nowadays, like, I've – come to appreciate guys like Pastor Jack. Um, because if you do, my, my parents go to that church, and I grew up going to that church. Um, I've been with them a number of times, and the majority of the sermon is Bible-centric and then relates to culture and how what? it is now. The problem is politics is so ingrained in the culture, like how do you avoid that? Right. And so, yeah, I, it's uh, it, I. To answer the question of what do I think about it in the church is like, you know, the more we can get politics out of our culture, and by that I mean have government have less control over our lives, you wouldn't have to. It wouldn't really be a thing. But we're in a circumstance now where it's just so integrated with everything that we do, you can't really avoid avoid it. it. Yeah, It's not possible. My pastor said something the other day. He said... You know the, the 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 whole stance where separation of mm-hmm. church and and mm-hmm. state. You know, he goes, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't for uh, uh, the state; it was to protect the church. Yeah, it could be the church well, coming into it's a it. government rule. It's not a church rule, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I was that, like, oh, yeah. Everybody looks at it the other way, like, yeah, keep 
keep church out of you know or keep the Ten Commandments out of this courtroom mm-hmm. or don't put your hand on the Bible when yeah, you're yeah. when you're swearing you know yeah but uh, he said no it was the other way yeah it was so the church wouldn't infringe upon the rights of the church it, it's I mean the state wouldn't infringe upon the rights of the church, church. Um, was it John Adams was like. Uh, this government was made for a moral and religious people, and it doesn't work otherwise. Like, this this whole system of democracy that we've set up doesn't work if the majority of people aren't a moral society. And I think he believed that morality came from the church, which I think, too. I, I do, too. I think it came from, if, if you boil it all the way down to the, mm-hmm. to, the, to the very center of it, it came from the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about every law that's made, you can point it all the way back to one of, of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like I and, and with that sentiment in mind of, you know, this only works if people are moral and people are religious and and that's what it's made for. Uh, then the church has a majorly important role to play. I don't know if "majorly" is a word. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we'll call it a word. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's that's a that's a huge component. So, you know, unfortunately, there's no getting around like especially now to talk about politics or at least like what the government is doing um, in your church. Right. Cam said it's a word. It is majorly perfect. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a uh, that's definitely something I wanted to talk about because that was that was something that was on my mind where it's like you know is this is this good is this bad? But you're right, it has stepped over the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it it has came into the church. I would love to live in a world where it's not like it's not necessary. Like yeah. I would love to live in a world where the church doesn't not doesn't get involved because there's always going to be involvement some way, shape, or form, but doesn't have to make it the focal point. Right. Right. Um, but again, it's it just it's unavoidable. Yeah, I think so. when they when they decided to shut down churches, I think that created a whole new atmosphere. Yeah, and and you know there are. Like, there are instances where, you know, things have to happen that you don't necessarily like, but that wasn't one of them. And that's what I think awakened a lot of people. And yeah. we're like, this is, uh, this is a problem. And because like, everything else was open. Yeah, it, well, yeah. It, 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 well, all the stores were open. You can go here, you can go there. The bars were open, the strip clubs were open. But the church is where you're going to catch you know what's funny? this thing. You know what's funny? Uh, uh, you know, on... Like Instagram or uh, what's the other app? Time Hop. My wife uses Time Hop. Um, it gives you like, here's what happened a year oh, yeah, ago. Yeah. Here's what Goes happened back. two years ago today. Um, last year, we were because like this whole COVID thing has been kind of a blur, right? Yeah, I can't. And, when you go back to when it first started, you're like, that was a long time ago. A lot of things have happened since then. Yeah, and also. Like we we're, we've been over it. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't generally even talk about COVID anymore because it's just like I, I yeah it's, it's just burned it's out. Not, it's I'm just not, like well it's burned out, but it's also like who are you people that are still like worried about this thing? Like I haven't, I haven't been wearing masks in stores for like a yeah, year and a half at least. And so we were trying to figure out okay when did that idea shift to go like was it like September of 2020? We we went to a yeah. t- it was a time hop. April 27th of 2020, we, like, made a video, like, all right, we're done with this now. Like, a month. Now, we're two years into this thing. In a month, we were like, all right, let's go back to church. We're done. Like, sorry. Like, good luck. 
uh, we're done with this. I think it was I think it was like May for us, and I, yeah. remember, I remember going it, to a friend's house, and they're like, "Come over, yeah, let's barbecue." And, and it was you like, forget how quickly that happened because really that's two months. Yeah, and relative to the two year time span that right. it's in, you forget that like, oh, I've been over this for a while. Yeah, and they shut down some. They they're not starting down churches anymore, but like it was that's recent, right? Like, really, like a year and a half. Yeah, you know it's it. Yeah, I think it's pretty still in people people's mind, and yeah. we and we've saw it with people not coming back to church, dude. Yeah, don't you know what I mean. They they, they they you know you look around, and you're like, man, I remember this place was full, mm-hmm. and now they're not coming, and maybe maybe it's because. Could be a lot of things, right? Could be because oh, we're lazy yeah, yeah. and we got online and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it works better than it ever worked before, mm-hmm. and we, we everything's set up. Who knows? But there is people out there that are just not going back. There was a couple of churches that I, or a couple of pastors that I've I've heard of that have stopped streaming. They're like, no, 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 you you don't get to stay at home. Like we're just we're we're, yeah. we're done with the whole COVID thing. We're gonna stop streaming so that you can't be at right. home. I think it's I think I don't it's know if tough. that's a fed, good idea yeah. or not. Like I mean, it's, that's just, it's interesting that that's their perspective on it of like no, like you got to come back. Yeah. And maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't actually know. I think it was a, you know, I think that whole thing too with with the church, it kind of it kind of created and it was where you you know, people started saying, "Well, we don't well, we don't need the building." You know what I mean? And I think us as humans are like we need to gather. We need to be together. I didn't know that at first. I I, I I bought on. I got on the train of like, yeah, it, church is not a building; it's everywhere. Like that, yeah. I was like, yeah, that works. Sounds good. Yeah, and then you know, three months into it, I'm like, okay, I'm not. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> like, I maybe yeah. maybe this doesn't work. Like, right. Like same thing with like, learn distance learning. Like, all right, so he hated that. Did, that. that didn't work at all. Yeah. Well, it just didn't. It, it wasn't effective. Like. Calling it distance learning was not the accurate way to describe it. It was distance nap time. Like, I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, it was, I, I got my degree online. It was it was easy. Yeah. It was stupid. Yeah. Right? It's Here's oh, the assignment. Dude. Here, go read this. And then. We're going to go off on a whole other thing. <laughs> I think more kids, I think more people should fail out of college. College is too easy. Especially online college. Yeah. Like, there are too many people. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's. It's, it's time consuming. It was time consuming, mm-hmm. but it wasn't hard, and it was funny. I'll tell you. I'll tell you like this. I took it. I took an algebra class. Yeah, and, and I'm, dude. I'm in my late forties, mm-hmm. so algebra's been gone from me for yeah. a long time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? So I'm like, yeah, I could take this class. Mm-hmm. I did the first assignment, and and I, and I got a C on it, and I, and I called the the advisor, and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. listen, I'm I'm not gonna pass this class. Yeah, what, what can I do? I, I need three more classes to get this degree. What can I do? She goes, uh, she's, she's laughing at me. She laughs at me and she goes, what do you mean? And after I go, I'm not going to pass. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. She goes, well, what's the big deal? And after I go, well, there's a final. Yeah. And it's like, and she goes, it's 15% of your grade. And I said, okay. She goes, the quizzes are open book. The homework's open book. And the final is only 15% of your grade. So I roll all the way through. Okay, well, everything's open book. Then, hey, I can look up uh, one of these websites and type in the problem. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to help me figure this problem out, yeah, right? Dude. And then I get to the final and I and I open up the final and I'm looking at the problems and I answer two problems and I go, screw this, submit. I submit it, get an F. Yeah, who I cares? Got, I got three problems correct out of like five. Yeah. I did. And uh, I got like an 87 on the on the whole class 
Yeah. Now tell me to do algebra right now on this paper. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's part of the problem. It's like you, you, there's no threat of failure yeah. in, in higher education nowadays. Like there's no threat of, oh, I might not actually get out of this. I think people are aware of that and then go get degrees with no ability to do anything after that. Like my wife is a therapist and she did her master's degree. And there are people that she's explained to me in that program that went through the entire, they went through their entire undergrad, piled up a bunch of student debt. They went through their entire master's degree, piled up a bunch of student debt. And now they can't find it. We're four years out and they still can't find a therapist job. So it, it or it's a job that pays like forty five thousand a year. Oh yeah, and they owe a ton. Well, and 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 it at that point, the school university system is doing them a disservice. Like if somebody's bad at something, you're not helping them. Saying, <laughs> "Oh yeah, no, you're gonna be fine." Yeah. No, like you're bad at this. <laughs> Go do something else. Like, and that's totally fine. You know how many times I've got told that? Like, yeah. I'm I'm not a salesperson at all. And I, like, for a long period of time, was trying to go do sales meeting. And finally, one of my friends sat me down and was like, dude, you suck at this. And, like, while I understand that people think that that's, like, a mean thing to say. Right. Everything's worked out great <laughs> since I stopped doing the thing that I suck at. So, like, and as it relates to college, like, you're not doing anybody a favor by just giving them a piece of paper and a ton of debt. Right. Like you're better off making it more difficult so that people don't pass as often so that it becomes something that matters. And that that unfortunately trickled all the way down to like elementary school with the whole like distance learning thing. Like none yeah. of it worked. I and feel I feel I feel bad. We're not going to know the the ramifications of those elementary oh, and junior dude, high kids. It's child abuse. But when they get to high school, mm-hmm. those two years that they were Supposed to be doing this online learning. It didn't work. Didn't yeah, do anything. It didn't do anything. Yeah, no, nothing at all. And and it's not even like there's already studies out there that have been like comprehensive and pretty pretty spot on of like yeah this this is not like happening. Like right. it, it, it didn't do anything. These kids are at a huge disadvantage. And geez, if you want to go on that tangent, you know, you want to talk about socioeconomic divide? What kids got pulled out to put in, be put in private schools? Right. The rich kids. Like, so who did you effectively screw? The poor kids. And just given demographics, the minority kids. Po- possibly setting them back one generation. So yeah. here, here's one generation. They were thinking, okay, you stand on our shoulders. This happens. And now you're back to starting to swear one. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Is, is school for everybody? No. College for everybody? No. Why is I, I I work with guys mm-hmm. make a great living yeah and they're construction guys yeah foremen yeah fifty sixty bucks an hour love their job mm-hmm. um, if they walk into any room where you know uh, where they're not construction guys mm-hmm. they're they're looked down upon and I and I laugh because I'm like no dude this guy makes more money than you and he's way more successful I've seen his house mm-hmm. he goes on vacation he has quads they have a boat yeah like. This is all construction money yeah. that he that yeah. he made. What where were you fifteen years ago? Mm-hmm. I was in prison. <laughs> I yeah. was I, I was a dropout. I mean, so I don't agree that school's for everybody. And I think we've kind of gone in this country where those trades or are, are things where where, where where we push people, once again, we push people that probably don't belong in school or can't function in school into 
thinking they have to get a degree to be successful. What is the purpose of school? In my mind, the purpose of schooling is to prepare you for a future career in which you can be productive to society. If that's not happening, don't go. Like, if you're going to get a, I kid you not, there was this girl that I went to college with who was an arts major with an emphasis in crafts. She got a bachelor's degree in arts wait, 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 and crafts. Wait, crafts? Crafting. Yeah. Oh. Like, arts and crafts. Yeah. Literally arts. Like I didn't know they had that. I didn't either. Like, so, so but what do you do with that? And, and, and because she went and did that, I don't know her financial situation. Maybe her parents were rich and that's just, she just goes and gets dumb degrees every four years. Um, like maybe, but the fact that a college has that is is probably one of the main problems. I don't think, I don't think it was put together very well in terms of like the naming of it. Uh, (laughs) but so, so like with that in, if you're going to do that sort of thing and just get the degree for the sake of having the degree, like it doesn't matter whether or not you have the degree like me like i went to college and my wife went to college and i met my wife in college which is like the only retaining thing that i have from college (laughs) like i have a business degree but in hindsight i'm thinking like all right fortunate i was privileged because my parents worked hard uh they were able to pay for my college imagine instead of going to school i got a hundred thousand dollar loan from my parents to go start a business at nineteen. Like, where would I be now? Rather than spending that money to go right. to college, like I, I don't know, and there's no way to ever know. But the way my brain works, going to school, the actual part, the the the, the part of that that actually going to school didn't make any difference. Now I'm going to argue against myself because what you're doing now, yes. What I'm doing now. But now I'm going to argue against myself and say that I did learn a lot from college, but not from the classroom. I learned the, the best... the Responsibility. Best, mm, how to cheat better. <laughs> how to, like, <laughs> my friend my friend Alex calls me like a bat. What's that website, Cam? Uh, Quizlet. Quizlet. Uh, what's the other one? There's another one. Uh, uh, Course Hero, all that stuff where you can go in there and get well, any paper for any... Uh, any class that's better education than the education that I got (laughs) learning how to like trying to figure out how to circumvent the system of taking tests and getting grades. And like, I don't want to say cheating because cheating sounds bad. I circumvent Circumvent. learning how to circumvent that system was more beneficial than the actual material that I was learning. Yeah. Well, like, so my, my friend has always called me like a backdoor person. Like I've (laughs) never in my life, started from like the bottom and like gone to the top and maybe sometimes i bend the truth a little bit uh i was actually talking to a bunch of political guys the other day the guys that i work for that i i I run all of their social media components on their campaign uh i was telling them yeah i got a call from a guy who wanted to run for governor and said hey i heard you're a social media expert and i said absolutely I never even dabbled in social media management before, <laughs> but I just said so because I was trying to get ahead and right. figure stuff out. And the knowledge that I gained from trying to BS my business professors was more beneficial to me in that situation than any of the business material that they taught me. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. That's it. I'm still doing that. Yeah. I like. I have no business hosting the Daily Caller live that is a show. Skill within itself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I've been in meetings with with the owners of my company, ten partners, and I'm like, 
I don't belong here. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. Let me see yeah. if I can get through this. Yeah, this you know great. what I mean? And if you can't, what's the worst that happens? Oh, you go back to what you've been doing. That's what I say all the time. Darn it. I tell Kevin that all the time. He went, he went for an interview and I go, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Go in there like you own the place. Yeah. Be polite. Yeah. Tell them what you feel. You're here to work hard. That's it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. And he's oh, like, bust your ass. Yeah. Like, like, bust, bust your ass. But yeah. when you go in there for the interview, of course, you go in there and you say, hey, this is who I am. You, 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 you have some, I wouldn't, not, not pride, but you, you have a little bit of confidence. That's the mm-hmm. right word. And you have nothing to lose. At an entry level position too, there's nothing that you can't learn within a couple of hours. Like if you're, True. like if you're going into like the, the labor guys in, at a construction site, yeah. like that do like the bare minimum and not bare minimum, but like in terms of, uh, in Helpers. terms of like skills. Yeah. yeah. Like. Go get there's, this. There's nothing Go grab wrong. This. There's no. nothing wrong with that job, but if they lied on their resume to get that job, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't not, matter. I'm not. I'm not advocating for people lying on their resume. I'm saying that if they did, the ability to do that job doesn't differ between the person who has zero experience and the person who has twenty years experience. Right. Obviously, that goes away with skills, but you learn skills on the job. So there's. Yeah, like yeah. any entry level thing, you can learn whatever it is that you need to learn if you get the job and need to learn it. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, circling back to do people need to go to school? Like, probably not. Yeah. Go learn. Go to trade school. Like trade school if it's for you. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good deal. Yeah. Trade school. Uh, trade school is like fantastically cheap comparatively. Yeah. And I think now, and you get the, a skill. Those people are in way more demand. Dude, 150 people applying for a sales job, and they all have business degrees. Not even sales, like 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 philosophy majors. Like, what are they doing? Like teaching <laughs> philosophy. There's only there's only so many philosophy professorships that exist. Right. So like, I don't, and like, what separates you from that yeah, person? Like nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's really nothing. There's the what did you what you read one extra book? Not to. <laughs> dump on philosophy majors but like there's that joke that you would learn in uh at grad school about philosophy like philosophy majors learn not to ask would you like fries to that with that how would you like fries with that or why <laughs> would you like fries with that answering the important questions the, the yoda type question yeah some philosophy majors went to law school and are making a million dollars a year so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah not not all of them bad but yeah no th- th- dude college you, there's there's pros and cons but there it seems like right now there are way more cons than there are pros in terms of like going to school and getting a a standardized education and then being in debt taking on the debt dude the debt is nuts which go back to the clinton administration everybody should deserve to go to college so they basically made federal loans possible for anybody to take out doing any degree at any level and if you were selling me a product and I had an unlimited budget. Would you charge me more for that product or less for that product? More. Thank you. That's for the that that is the university system in a in a yeah. in a nutshell. I, I I think when people say, you know, uh, education should be free. Why do they say that? Because it's so expensive. So instead of yeah. saying, hey, why don't you university bring that price down where he's not paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a four year education? Yeah. I think that's the real problem. Then. Then the, the government saying, "Here's free money for you," because they're still going to charge whatever they're going to charge. I don't know. I, 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 
I think I might disagree. That I think the university systems understand that anybody can take out any amount of loans. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And they do it. And so they jack up the prices. So if the if the federal student loan uh, system was more standardized to a point where like, all right, you're going to have to pay this back and you can only take this much money. Like they the, would be the forced. Yeah, the university systems don't like can't charge $100,000 for somebody who can only take out 50 grand. Because then that they're going to go to some Cal State or some JC yeah, they'll lose or something money. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it starts. So you're not creating a uh, competitive is, market. The government tried to equalize the playing field by allowing more people to be worse. eligible for <laughs> student loans, and they made it substantially worse, right. which comes back to the thing of the government is bad at doing things and should do less things. Yeah. Just, so, sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good doesn't work. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you're awesome, man. Thanks, man. This has been fun. I appreciate you coming out, taking yeah. time of a busy schedule. It's yeah, it's turning point. USA, I was going to say oh, I'm not that busy, but daily it's, caller. I mean, it's getting to be a lot. Part some days, yeah. Me, me, and Cam do one more thing before you leave. Yeah, this is called our Furious Five. We okay. ask you five furious questions. Okay, we play. We play a little. This is what I think. This is what gets people thinking. Little game show music there. So five fierce questions. So Joe Bob. What up? Question number one on the Street Gospel Furious Five. Uh-huh. If you were president for one day, what would you Invade do? Invade Canada. Invade <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Easy win. Easy win. Yeah, what are they gonna do? What are they Easy gonna win. do? Fight us? No, we're gonna invade Canada and take all their oil. <laughs> and use it to our own advantage. Dude. Maybe, maybe a day. <laughs> I, I think the Ukrainians would give more of a fight than them. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hundred percent. Canada. I mean, Canada, a lot of people from Canada have guns, but like, holy cow! What is? Tell me what Trudeau is going to do if I get I get to be president for one day? I'm invading Canada. I'm mostly kidding. Just for anybody out there that's going to take that out of context. Yeah, he's a uh, comedian. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> sarcasm and levity to the situation. Yeah, invade Canada and then disband California. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number two. The biggest impact you feel you're making with doing what you're doing. Oh, man. I I don't know. Just getting people to laugh a little bit. Like, everything is so serious. Like I talked about at the beginning. Like, everything, everybody's so... Like, and there's nothing wrong with people that take this stuff very seriously. But I think there's a whole big... I get messages all the time of like, dude, like, I didn't know politics could be fun. Let yeah. me try to have fun with it. And that's like that's the whole thing. So like if the impact that I can make is getting people to can realize that government is bad at doing things, you should do less things, is by way of fun, so be it. Right. And I don't know. That I, I would hope that that's the impact. It probably isn't. It's probably something dumb. Like, hey man, I didn't know you could pull off that loud shirt under a suit. But who knows? The Joe Biden. Face looking up, funny <laughs> under a blazer. Oh, my, my. Yeah, yeah. That's... Question number three: If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? This this is a problem for me. I I would love to that Luke Colton song. It's like I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing this. Really? Uh, well, that's that's what I'd like to say. But the problem is, I have so many different interests and so many different things that like I could be happy doing a lot of different things like i i don't know so 
who knows, man? I'd probably still be in politics doing the back end stuff, but I could also see myself going and being a home developer in Alaska. In Alaska? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, that the, the, I was pretty close to buying a house in Alaska on Monday, <sighs> like two days ago. Final I frontier. Still, I still might. Oh yeah, it's. I'll show you a photo of it. it okay. It's unbelievable. But, Are you uh, a nature guy? You and your wife? Because that's ultimate right there. That's not like going to Big Bear and camping or something like that. See, this is. It, it's. I like Alaska for the different. Like I like. I like being able to go to a grocery store and pick, pick up food. So I'm not like that into the wilderness nature. And I know that that's, that's difficult uh, in Alaska, but because uh, yeah, grocery stores are far and few between. <laughs> but uh, I like the feeling. If you've never been to Alaska, you don't. There's no way to describe the feeling of being in Alaska. Okay. It's just different, and I can't explain it. And I don't know what it is but everyone should go and you can stay at the house that i'm gonna convince my wife to let me buy okay <laughs> i'll have to check it out yeah question number four what is your ultimate goal dude I no i don't have no idea no just I go no, with the flow well like there's so many people that have like big goals and stuff like I, i'm like a i am not sure what i'm doing next week <laughs> like that's a that's a cool thing though it's having some options there yeah yeah, there's. I mean, my ultimate goal is to like be a good husband and dad. Like eventually, nice. like I, like I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not. The idea of like shaping the world and modifying culture is still weird to me, and maybe that maybe they'll get unweird at some point. But like, I I don't have aspirations to like go change the world. That just so happens to be what I'm doing right now. So right. like, I don't know. I, be a good person, I guess, is cool. your is the the lamest possible cliche answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, though. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I hope so. Last question: If you and your wife can play a show, show, sold out show mm-hmm. at any venue, what venue would it be? Probably Red Rocks in Colorado. Red Rocks, this outdoor amphitheater. That's yeah, up, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. I don't know. See, that's... Dude, I don't know. Because there's there's the audience option. I like smaller, more intimate things. Okay. Like, if I'm doing comedy or playing guitar somewhere, it's more fun if there's 100 people there than there's 100,000. Just because, like, I don't know. You can stop and... The intimacy. Yeah. Like, yeah. What did you guys do today? Like, right. where are you coming from? That sort of thing. <laughs> like, the whole, the whole like, big venue with the big audience is cool. Like, from aesthetically, Red Rocks would be dope. But I'd rather play in front of 100 people than 100,000. There's a – this is a side sidebar. There's a group chat I'm in with a couple of TPUSA people. Yeah. And it's just this – just comic chaos. It There's, like, these make-believe storylines going on within this group text – I've never seen more people put so much effort into developing content that will be seen by 16 people. Like, I've spent hours making videos for this group chat that has 16 people in it. That's funny. So, like, I like that stuff more than I like the big stuff, I think. That's dope, man. Yeah, I think it... Well, thank you, man, for coming out. I I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. It was fun. I wish you could get better guests than me, because, geez, I'm pretty low bar. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We've had a lot of great guests. I mean, 
I, I've. Oh, you were telling me about it. They're way cooler than I am. I, like, I, I appreciate you, you know, ta- stepping down a peg. No. To invite somebody not, like me on. Not, not at all, dude. I think uh, I wouldn't have invited you. I think you're cool. I wouldn't have invited you if I didn't like you. I wouldn't have invited you if I didn't think my audience would would be receptive to what you had to say. Yeah. So I appreciate it. You know, it was a good time. But, but maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. the podcast made you a little cooler, especially uh, with that intro, dude. Dude, I gotta see. That's I gotta take you around to places and like be my permanent <laughs> intro hype man. Hey, guy, when you have Pastor Jack's church, maybe I'll, I'll introduce <laughs> you. <right? laughs> that's gonna be fun. That's a uh, was it April thirtieth? We're there doing a. They're doing like a Take Back California All event. Right. Maybe I'll check it'll it be, out. It'll be cool. Yeah, cool man. Should be a good time. Hey, thanks everybody for checking it out. Be sure to uh, share this episode with any of your friends out there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And check out Joe Bob at Joe Bob on the gram. And yeah. Daily Caller Show. Yeah. Awesome. Peace.